guys, welcome to Late Night Leaflet. I'm Leaflet, and today I'm joined by a special guest. Hey! Yeah, what's up, guys? How's it going, guys? This is uh, Remote, Remote MMOs, MMOs.com. You still doing that, by the way? Uh, yeah, it's still doing MMOs.com. How's it going? I've been doing MMOs for, like, as long as, like, I've, since after high school. See, I've done MMO Hut. I've done MMO Hub. I've done MMOs.com. So three different MMO websites uh, since after I graduated high school. So why did MMOs become your passion? Uh, I've been playing MMOs since, like, I was 10 years old. I think my dad, my uncle bought me a copy of Ultima Online, like a mega boomer. So I started playing Ultima Online when I was, like, 11. Ultima? And yeah, I've been addicted ever since. I've played EverQuest, RPG Camelot, World of Warcraft, uh, some new age stuff like Final Fantasy XIV, all that jazz. What kind of what kind of Ultima Online shenanigans did you get yourself into? Ooh, I've <laughs> Ultima Online, much like RuneScape. Honestly, Ultima Online is the um, like it's very similar to RuneScape in that it teaches you a lot about life, about getting scammed, about, about life, business, about life. You learn that everyone's an asshole and you gotta look out for yourself. All right. <laughs> so, like, you- if you're ever playing. So did you think like you became like a much like smarter person because of your MMOs like unironically? Unironically, absolutely. In fact, if I was uh, you know in charge of the education program in any country, I would mandate playing old school RuneScape or Ultima Online, classic Ultima Online for for young kids to get a good experience of how the world really is. You know, until you get scanned in RuneScape or Ultima Online, you know you don't really know what the world is like. And playing you know all these baby games today, we're doomed. Oh my god, the kids are doomed. I mean, there's still uh, like we had like Mighty Germ on like a couple like a couple episodes ago, and we were talking about e- Eve Online. You can still scam people in. That's true. That's true. Eve Online is definitely one of the few games out there where scamming is kind of still allowed. So it's but like who what plays it, Eve Online? Just boomers. Just so boomers. That's yeah, that's true. It's like what happened in uh, in uh, in Ultima. I mean, the, so you you got scammed in Ultima, and then that. Oh, oh yeah. I think within the first like a uh, few months of playing, you know, anytime you play an MMORPG for the first time where you're a total scrub, we're talking like you're chopping trees in RuneScape, and I was chopping trees in Ultima Online. So mm-hmm. you just double click your axe, you click on a tree, and you can only do like three times per tree, and the tree runs out of logs. So you literally spend like five hours a day chopping trees to make money, right? Oh my god! It's like the, it's like the worst way to make money, but like when you're a scrub, it's like all you have, right? Because mm-hmm. you suck at everything else, and you just can't kill monsters very effectively because you're a scrub. Mm-hmm. So I was chopping my brother. You know, we'd, we'd alternate on the same computer for like five hours a day. We just chopping trees. We did this for like like three weeks because you know we're kids. We got a lot of time, and we're trying to save money to buy a house. So like we saved twenty thousand gold in the game, thirty thousand gold, and the house was like fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. And some random guys like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to save up money for a house. And the guys like, oh, I'll sell you one really cheap. I'm like, oh yeah, how much? He's like, oh, how much? He's like, how much you got? Oh, I said, uh, no. like thirty k. I'll sell you for thirty k. What what a deal? And I'm like, oh <laughs> cool, that's awesome. I'll buy a house for you for thirty k. So he he opened a trade with me, right? Uh-huh. He, in the tr- trade window, you can see what you know. What, what you're trading. Mm-hmm. There's a he put a book in the trade window, and the name of the book that he put was like a small house. And I'm like, that that doesn't look like a house. He's like, oh no, it is. It is when you when you when you take a house like out of the ground and you put it in like item form. This is what it looks like. I'm like, all right. I mean, this so he internet, knew right? he knew you were a new player, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and he, you know, and then you know. You, people won't lie on the internet, right? People wouldn't do that. They wouldn't just lie to people, right? <laughs> and of course, I lost like three weeks worth of time of chopping Holy trees. Holy fuck. And from that moment on to this day, I am jaded and I trust nobody. Have you gotten have you gotten scammed since then? I became the scammer since then. I learned that the ways of the scammer that you can make enormous fortunes, untold fortunes in the world of RuneScape and Ultima as the scammer, especially because these games allow scamming. 
So mm-hmm. for the record, I, I don't scam in any game that, you know, it's against the rules. So mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy 14, which I play a lot, the game says no scam. If you scam, you get banned. So in those games, I would never scam because I follow the rules. But See, in but Ultima you, Online, you're allowed to. But you found your own way to make money in Final Fantasy 14. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can make money in any of these games in a creative way without scamming as well. But mm. in the games where you are allowed to scam, it's just it's too much fun. And honestly, you're kind of like teaching the world a lesson while you're doing it. So honestly, I feel like I've learned most of my 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 business, my just just my experience in MMORPGs has been a really good life lesson for me. And I think it served me very well. You know, you know, it was really funny because I remember when we played Final Fantasy 14 and you were like, yo, let me borrow like like five million or something. So like, you know, I was like, sure. And then so I let you borrow five million. You turned that into like an empire, dude. Like I've made over a billion gil in Final Fantasy 14 with your with, with the small loan of a few million gil, you know? It and was like five it was like five yeah. or ten. It was like such a small amount. It was less. It was one to five million at yeah. most. Yeah. And like so fun times. So you set up a uh you set up a casino and you found out it was a hundred percent legal. Oh yeah. I was I was actually pretty amazed because games like World of Warcraft at the time mm. and to this day do not allow any kind of in-game gambling. Even if it's totally you know, like between players and using only in-game currency, if everybody knows the rules, you're still not allowed to gamble for in-game currency with other players. So very few games actually allow you to do that because they realize that too many people are, you know, gonna lose all their money and lead to negative experiences. And for that reason, Almost no MRPG allows you to, you know, bet in game. And when I say bet in casinos, well, referring to, I'm referring to the random feature in these games, like in WoW, you can type slash random or slash roll, mm-hmm. and you roll a dice between one to one hundred. If I'm to fourteen, it's between zero and nine nine nine. So you just make a game where if you, you know you roll above like five fifty, win double your money. Less than that, you lose. And of course, you have a pretty nice house edge over there. So were you just like kind of gambling on the fact that you wouldn't just get absolutely like RNG'd out? Like what was the? Well, Absolutely. I mean, mathematically speaking, you know, uh, the casinos you see in Las Vegas, those slot machines are built on house edges of about 10 to 12 percent. And table games have like between uh, two to uh, two to like 14 percent. You're playing the dumbest bets. And if you, if you play really bad, like 20 percent, my house edge in Final Fantasy 14 was around 14 and a half to 15 percent or so, if I, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So you weren't going to like lose. It was, you know, it's basically mathematically impossible to lose your bet. And as long as you create correct uh, maximum bets. So casinos kind of hedged their risk of going broke with maximum bets. And, you know, simply it wasn't going to happen. It was guaranteed to make money. And basically from the first day, you know, on, I've been just minting money in Final Fantasy 14. Anytime I need money in Final Fantasy 14, I run my casino. I make tons of money and I, I kind of made a name for myself. I do actually. I'm looking forward to playing Endwalker. Not so much lately, obviously, because there's not much uh-huh. to do. But I did pre-order Endwalker and I will be playing just you know, on my own for fun. So it's like it's like so when you set up your casino originally you had like a like a smaller smaller maximum bet I guess it has to be like a percentage of like your total like uh, on oh, yep. cash. Yep. There's actually I mean if you really want to get really technical there's uh, something called the Kelly Criterion formula you can use it to to size your bets to ensure you never go broke so you'll mathematically never go broke as long as you you, you size your bets accordingly using that formula. For me I kind of freeballed it I think my max bet was like twenty five k at the time I just figured no one's gonna you know. Win that many. You can't make me go broke with 25k max bet when I have like a two million bankroll. Mm-hmm. I remember when like it took you like it, it took you like several minutes just to pay people out because there was like a maximum that you could trade somebody. You had to do oh, like man. ten trades. Yeah, I mean, so in, in Final Fantasy 14, I think the max the maximum you could trade any one time is one million. And later on, as I got more and more money, 
I've had people betting like five, ten million, and when you win, you know, when you bet five, ten million, and you win like double, I gotta give you twenty million in a trade. Sometimes they win triple, and sometimes I'll take ten million bets from my my regular customers. And in order to, if somebody bet ten million and he won a times three payout, I had to give him thirty million gill in game. And just to give you this number in a more relatable way, at the time it was about two dollars fifty cents per you know per uh, per million. So the guy won like seventy five bucks or something. So mm-hmm. it, it's real money, you know. People are betting like. 10 million at a time, 20 million at a time. They're betting real money, you know, in mm-hmm. USD terms. So it's not like, you know, small money. It adds up. And trading 30, 60 million at a time became a huge hassle. Uh, fortunately, some of my regular customers, we would just do the honor system where he would say, bet 10 million. I would say, acknowledge. He would roll. If he wins, I'll say, I owe you 20 million. He'll say, I bet 5 million. If he loses, I'll say, okay, I, I owe you 15, 15 million now mm-hmm. and so forth. So we just kind of figured out that way and he would settle up at the end. And at the end, if he scams me, he gets banned too. So everybody kind of knows the rules. You can't rip each, rip, you know, rip each other off. Mm-hmm. How much did you end up with? Like, how much? How much are you sitting at right now? You uh, bought the house. I've given, yeah, I've bought the house for our guild. I've given away money to so many of our, our, our guild mates, and I think I've made well over a billion gil doing it very casually on one monitor while I'm playing something else usually. So over a billion I've made. I'm, I'm sitting on like hundred, a little over hundred million right now because I've given most of it away, and I haven't ran it too much recently. Oh my god! Did you get yourself a house, or you just have the guild, the guild one? Just a guild house, because I, I didn't want the responsibility. Just like in real life, owning a house is responsibility. You got you know the That's maintenance. That's true. You got to log in. It, it is a bit of a hassle, but unlike a real house that goes up every year in value, you know your Final Fantasy house it, it's just more maintenance. <laughs> That's true, but but if you have like the guild taking care of it, you don't have to worry about it too much, I guess. It, exactly. Let them take care of it. You're just like I'm, just the one who 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 bought it, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had tons of gill anyway. There's really nothing else to do in Final Fantasy 14 with with the money, you know. What you do? Just just get big numbers on your screen. You gain nothing out of it. And I'm glad that people, you know, got to enjoy the money in the guild. And it was fun for me to make it. It was fun to run the casino. I, I made a lot of friends running the casino. I mean, people kind of assume that the guy who runs the casino is kind of scummy, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of hates him. But like, I would have so many people just hanging out with me, talking about and their favorite animes, random shit. You know, it, it was great to run. It was a very fun social experience where so many people just just you know hanging out with you, talking to you, having a good time. People that betting with you become friends with. Mm-hmm. My friends became full off that. And I, you know, some of those people I still talk to. So like, I knew about you first through MMO, mm-hmm. uh, MMO Hut. MMO Hut. Is that the original MMO Hut? Yeah. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. how I, that's how I first heard about you. And I, I think a lot of people might actually like know you, but without like kind of like without really knowing it, you know? So do, do you want to yeah. talk could you talk a little bit about like the MMO MMO's experience? Because MMO Hut experience, sorry. And um, how how'd you get started? That was that like your first endeavor into like the making a business or anything like that? Or it was actually um my it was definitely not my first or my second. So maybe my third, maybe my fourth actually. So I've been kind of interested in making web businesses since high school, only because I was kind of fortunate enough to kind of stumble into the right circumstances. And mm-hmm. my circumstance was in like my accounting class. It was a kid named Dan, all right? Mm-hmm. We, we used to call him Posse. That was an internet name, Posse. So this kid was uh, on the computer doing something. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I, I have this website. And like, I make $10 a day, like running ads on my website. Because like, you know, people click on the ads, you make money. And like, from that moment, I was like, holy shit, you're making money on the computer? And I was like, damn, I'm on the computer, like literally 16 hours a day, you know? Dude, that's weekends. a lot for like, for like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for, for, really for high school, high school yeah, that's for sure. a lot. And he had like four websites. Some of them was making 20, some was making 30. This kid was, he's, he's very well, I, I could tell right away he was a very smart kid. Mm-hmm. So once I saw this kid making money and I, I kind of asked him you know, what he was doing and that kind of motivated me like, okay, if, if, if Posse can do this, you know, I can do this as well. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I started, my first website was like a pretty easy, 
off the shelf script where like you just register a domain at the time, you know, mine was proxy.com with two X's and two Y's. It sounds very stupid. And all it does is uh, it was a copy paste script that lets you basically circumvent school filters. So you can play like, my, you know, you go on those uh, addicting games and like, oh uh, you know, all those random flash game websites that were blocked by the school filter. You can get around it again. This was you nothing special. Grounds. It was an off the shelf script. Newgrounds. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been to Newgrounds, yeah. all right? If you're if you're a boomer, you've been there. You know, you tell your friends you're there to play games, but you're actually clicking on the the dress up hentai games that were on there as well. <laughs> I mean, they were always there. Like they're advertising. They've been like, "Yeah, I'm just here to play games, bro." Like, we know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, like freearcade.com. Like, yep. Oh my god. Since the, after that, I made uh, animethat.com, which is an anime streaming website. Which was we were like one of the OG anime streaming websites. Like we're talking. What was that really big one? Where you can stream like almost any anime for free, like illegally. Kiss anime, kiss anime. So kiss anime was enormous, right? But I was around doing anime that like like eight years before kiss anime became a thing. Like we, we were we were so early. How'd you run and, that? Like what's the logistics behind that? Like back then, it must have been expensive for bandwidth. Uh, well, that's that that's trick. It was never bandwidth needed because you would just all the videos were on YouTube and Vo and Vimeo, these three big web you know, video hosting mm-hmm. websites that mega upload at the time. So you just embed the videos. It was beautiful. Like technically, we weren't doing anything legal. It was copyright infringement galore. But we weren't doing the copyright infringement. We were curating the car- the copyright infringement. Curating. So people- yeah, exactly. I like that so, word. People- so it was it was just basically we just took all the videos other people uploaded and uh-huh. we just put them on our website and people can watch it from there. We had a chat box and we had you know basically what Kiss Anime did. But all the videos were hosted on they're mostly on YouTube and Vio and uh, Vimeo. These three big websites. YouTube is still around though. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you really can't find legal content on youtube anymore unless you get a little like spicy like once in a while if you search like porn on youtube and you you sort by like most recently uploaded you might get like one clip for like 10 seconds before it gets banned you get to see the good stuff you know or so, <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that out of curiosity or is that, is that just me? like you want to see these i've things? never done that never never maybe a little bit curious like you want to see like i'm a little bit curious right. now because okay. i n- uh, now i'm stream. thinking about it you, you, sort by maybe uploaded. Stream, we'll take a look <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I did that and then right afterwards like that website did really well uh, that was I'm, I'm still in high school at this time and uh i was doing unbelievable on that how I, much were you making at, the, at this time like if you if you can about, say about like 125 dollars a day that was like that, dude, all gravy for, no cost dude, all gravy for, right for, to the bottom line baby for for high school dude that's a lot yeah it, w- it was awesome and you know I, I only held i only held on to anime that for like uh I think for like five, for like six, eight, six to eight months, so we were making about one hundred twenty-five dollars a day. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of competition too, obviously, because everyone's kind of copying the business model. But like, obviously, I was not tech savvy at the time, so the worst thing would happen is like once in a while, like YouTube or Vimeo, they they get a big copyright strike, right? So they would delete in one shot like twenty thousand videos or hundred thousand videos, mm-hmm. and like that day, I'll I'll see, oh my god, every One Piece video on anime that got banned. <laughs> so. Yeah, when One Piece gets banned, boys, there's like a thousand episodes today. Back oh, yeah. then, there was only like 300, like 200 or 100. There was so few. But when One Piece got banned, I was like, okay. I look at my dad. Dad, I'm not going to school today. I, I got I to re-upload these One Piece videos. Wait, you so, literally did not go to school yeah, I, because of this? Yes, I would have to. I'd be like, there's, there's too much on the line. All right, I got, I got to stay home. And I'm going to find new links on other websites and embed them on my website. Otherwise, oh, like, my God. The, the people are going to get mad. They're going to go somewhere else. You know, I, I got to keep the customers happy. What did, what did so, your dad say? I mean, I mean, I mean, he was like, well, he saw I was making money with this, so he's like, okay, fine, just you know, you can't keep doing this, obviously. And I wasn't, you know, taking advantage of it. The one day when One Piece gets banned, I, I got to stay home, or Naruto gets banned. That was like right when Shippuden came out. Like that's how I kind of know like what's going. Like 
that was that was around when, right before Shippuden came out, and uh-huh. it's been out forever now. So it's kind of how I keep track of time. The series. <laughs> you yeah, keep time, track of yeah, time in, yeah. in anime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Based on like what I was doing at the time on my websites. I do think of, so, t- of in terms of like Malaka, like I, oh, was that before Malaka or after Malaka? <laughs> yeah, that that was a good anime actually. That yeah, was, was <laughs> I, I thought it was this cutesy, you know, magical girl anime that it gets pretty dark, fun stuff. So, so like, did you, uh, so, so did you have to like deal with like, your, like did your teachers ask you like why you didn't go to school? And you're just like, yeah, I was like, I was like running my business. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's a, it's not something I, I know I talk about publicly. I mean, I like it for myself for the most part, like. Mm-hmm. If people ask about it, like close friends or family, I'll tell them. But like, you know, I I, I don't want to brag to random people. It's kind of weird, you know. But you know, after the, there was one thing I did want to, I, I you know, I brought it more often, which I thought was more funny because uh-huh. after I sold um anime that, so I ran that for like I think it was my, it was not my senior year in high school. It was the sophomore year in high school, if I remember correctly. So you, and I think, yeah. So you're like in, well. you're you're so you're you're in high school and you sold your first website already. Let's back up, okay? If we're going to talk about, you know, selling some shit, all right? All right. So we'll back up back to Ultima Online. This is when I'm 11 and 12, okay? Back to when Remo was 11 and 12, all right? Holy so fuck. after I got scammed, I went on, like, I learned how the world worked, okay? Like, that scamming people is allowed in this game. Like, this is a world where anything goes. This world of Ultima Online is where you can literally kill anybody anywhere in the game outside town. If you kill someone in town, the guards instantly kill you. Mm-hmm. But outside town is a free-for-all. We're talking to Wildy in RuneScape. For More people know about RuneScape, so I'm kind of making analogies over there. Mm-hmm. Where you can kill anybody outside town, and if you do, you take everything they have on them, that they're carrying on them. So this was a ruthless world, and mm-hmm. I learned how the world worked. So from then on, I started running a scam in the game, a very, very successful scam, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I discovered this scam, but I'm not quite sure if I saw somebody else doing it, I probably did because, you know, 12-year-old me is not very bright, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, the scam is pretty simple. So in Ultima Online, you can, um, you know, you you can have player houses. And in those player houses, you can put up NPCs. Those NPCs can basically sell items for you in the game. So you mm-hmm. find a cool dragon slaying sword. You can put it up for sale on your on your NPC for like 5,000 gold or something. Mm-hmm. So when somebody walks by, they can see, hey, there's an item for sale for 5,000 gold. They click on it to see the stats. It looks pretty cool. And if they can buy it, they can choose to buy it or not. And if they buy it, it takes the money out of their bank and gives it to you, like a wire transfer in the game. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would uh, I would set up a house with like one vendor on it, one NPC, and he would sell like uh, like seven different keys on it. All the keys are called a copper key. It's just a regular key. So in Ultima Line, you can have locked boxes, right? So you can use the key to open the box, right? So there was mm-hmm. a there was a there was a box in my house that was locked, and anyone who has the key can open that box and take whatever's inside. Now, you can't take the box itself because it's, it's part of the house. But if you have the key, you can open it and take it. Mm-hmm. So the vendor was selling six different keys. And the scheme here was pretty simple. That th- There was a little book on the vendor that was explaining the rules of the game that was being played over here. And the game was that th- we started with like 30 keys. And each key is for sale for like, uh, let's say, uh, 5 million gold in the game. Mm-hmm. So 5 million gold in the game, for reference, is worth about $15. Okay, mm-hmm. So I was selling each key for 15 US dollars. And that one of these keys was going to open that chest inside the house, and inside that inside that chest is an item worth like a hundred million. Okay, something crazy, something no, mm-hmm. a, a shit ton of money. You, and you, people would walk by, the hmm? gacha. You're you're running the freaking gacha scheme over here. Kinda, but the thing is, you either win or you lose, right? There's no there's no middle ground, right? Because mm-hmm. if you get a, if you get a blank key, it doesn't work and nothing happens, right? Uh-huh. And so. Each key is about 5 million. And let's say that was, you know, like 25, 20. I, I would say we start with 20 keys. And there's only like five left, let's say, hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. So normally, you know, uh, if there's 20 keys, 
you you sell an average 10 before somebody wins, which is 50 million. So the prize should be worth, you know, less than 50 million in that example. So let's say the prize is worth, worth 40 million or something. Mm-hmm. So mathematically, I should have an edge, right? Mm. But the beauty of this game, of course, is that none of those keys are winners and they're all losers <laughs> and, and there's no chance to win. But here's but here's where the greed really comes in, right? So I was advertising the location of my house. You, you go to like the town of the game, you can create portals to your house. And I would advertise, hey, you know, we were running this cool game. Try your luck. You can win. So it would advertise that people would see the game, right? Uh-huh. And people would people would think to themselves, okay, this box, there's only there's only five keys left, and each key is only five million gold, right? Mm-hmm. And he started with like fifty keys or some bullshit, right? There's only five keys left, dude. Nobody won. There's five keys, five million each. Nobody won. That's twenty five million. The, the prize in the box is worth forty million. If I just buy all the keys, if I get really unlucky, I just buy all the keys. I'm guaranteed to win forty million. For my 25 million investment. Mm-hmm. This is this is good money. Like they might win on the first try. If they win on the first try, they're up a, they're up a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. If they go to the last try, they're still up 15 million. And again, each million is worth like five dollars at the time. So you know, if the guy loses, if he buys so very often what happens is one guy comes in and he buys all the keys, he tra- one at a time. And if they boom, I just got 25 million out of this guy, and and, and he's got it's a scam. There's nothing there. And I, I I'd sit there with my other characters saying, damn, dude, you didn't win. What happened? He's like, dude, it's a scam. It's not a scam. One of those keys 100% opens that box. And the guy's like, I bought all the keys. They don't work. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe what happened was somebody bought a key yesterday, right? Before you came here. Uh And he had the winning key and he he never checked, which obviously would never happen if if you're Mm -hmm. spending, if you're spending like $30 worth of USD on a gambling game, you know, in Ultima Online, you're going to check if you want or not. And the guy's like, that sounds pretty bullshit. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll put my master key. Like I, I got a copy of the winning key. Just in case, and I'm gonna—I'll sell you that key for another five million. So I put that back on the NPC and say, "There it is, five million. You can have it." And the guys just give it to me. I'm like, "No, I mean, it wouldn't be fair to the other guy who bought it yesterday potentially if I just gave it to you." So he would just buy that key as well. Oh he, my god! So I took another five million out of this guy, right? So this this guy's down now. Uh, you know, either each million is worth like five bucks at the time. So he just lost twenty five bucks like that. And uh-huh. before that, he lost he lost like one hundred fifty bucks. You know, for, for whatever I took from him earlier. Because they sold him five extra keys. Now he's really mad at me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I don't know what happened. All right? So what I do at that point, I'll tell you what, dude. I'll take the box. I'll take the box off the ground and sell you the box. Inside that box, the item, I swear, it's in there. So I would I would take the box. It's my house. I can take. I can move the furniture around. I put the box on the vendor for $5 million. And the guy's like, dude, just give me the box, you know? Because if he has the box, even without the key, he can take an axe. If he double-clicks an axe, he can open the box if it's in his inventory. Mm-hmm. At that point, like nobody's that stupid, right? Who's gonna buy the box? <laughs> Who's gonna oh buy the box? Let me scam the earlier, right? And this guy, he buys the box. Another twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. What did he say it. after? He's just like fuck. <laughs> and would you just say? Would you, what did you say to him? Just uh, I said, you know, I said, you, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> what can I say? You know? <laughs> yeah. You, and you, the thing is, you didn't do a log off, the good old log off. No, why should I? And then. <laughs> I was not ashamed. All right. Oh my god. Things, and this is not a one-time word. I would do this at least like five, six times a day. You know, there were there were so many suckers. You know, this is five, six times. I would do the exact same scam multiple times a day, and you would not believe. Like, it's so obvious to scam. How can these people be so greedy? I mean, the ultimate rule of life when it comes to any kind of game or prize or scheme, if it's too good to be true, it Dude. literally always yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. But the amount of like, I would do this so many times, and so, like at least like 20% of the time I would realize that people that got scammed, they would go back and buy the gold back from me. So I, at this time I was selling all the gold I got from 
these players on mm-hmm. eBay. Mm-hmm. So I've I got at least 250 on eBay reputation purely from selling Ultima Line Gold under my name, Remote. So I've been selling on eBay since like this was like 2000 and uh, oof, this was like 2004 or something. I was selling a crap ton of gold on eBay when I was like mm-hmm. 14, Holy and it was God. under my dad's name because I'm not allowed to have a you know PayPal account, an eBay mm-hmm. account at my age. So I I, I sold like I don't know 30. 40 grand worth of Ultima Line Gold over the course of like two 30 years. The, 30 to 40 grand? Holy yeah. crap, dude. And, and this is when I'm like 14, you know, my brother. And Would you guys we, we buy with all of that? We were rolling in the dough, yo. You know, I had the booster box of, Magic, of Pokemon and Magic cards when I was a kid. I, <laughs> I, didn't, buy, I didn't deal with the booster packs. Yeah. I, I had the booster boxes. <laughs> oh, my right? God. I blew money on obviously tons of video games. Obviously, you know, I, I had all the video games. I had PC games and... And, and Pokemon and Magic cards. I was a lot of just put in the bank at the time because I had nothing else to buy either. But from then on, I was kind of like, that was that was like my most interesting experience scam people in Ultima Line. And, and for the record, again, it was allowed in game. Many times, people would, the people that got scammed they would call a GM on me. So in that game, when you when you phone a GM or you call a GM, the GM would actually show up in front of you. It's not like a text message, right? It's like a physical player. A, yeah, a, a physical player, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they have this. Badass blue or red robe, depending on their rank. Right, they got the red robe. They're the big dick GMs. All right, so a GM <laughs> with a red robe would come by and explain to the guy, "Listen, you got you. That's the game. You know, that's what you do, and you know, deal with it. It's part of the game." I remember one time who I I, I had a victim. I, I I was about to rope somebody into my to the same scam, right? But before he played my game, he called the GM and asked the GM. So GM would show up and said, "Is this guy trying to scam? Is this game legit?" He and, and the GM replied, "If I were you, I wouldn't do it." <laughs> The oh gym my was trying God. To, the gym literally steered my customers away at one point because <laughs> he knew I was scamming. He's just like, oh my God, dude. Uh, I feel like I got scammed at that point. Listen, it's the game. <laughs> These are the rules. Stay out of my business, all right? Oh my God, dude. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, the, the, it's amazing how many people, like how greedy people would get. Like after, like after you bought all the keys the first time, why would you, like after I promised you that this was the master key and it didn't work, it was a blank key, like, how could you be so dumb to once again buy the box? Think, like, why would I tell you the truth if I just lied to your face about the about the first copy of the key? Mm-hmm. People are just greedy, and you know I did this for like a, couple, a few years after this, and just sold tons and tons of gold and had a blast in Ultima Line. And yeah, that's that's my Ultima story, and I made that's, decent money from that's there. That's crazy. That, is that like um, like I feel like it's really important, like to actually get scammed in the game, because at least you're not oh, getting yeah. scammed in like. At least you're not getting scammed in like you know where it matters, right? It's just a game in the end, right? I mean, you are losing like monetary value, obviously, because like you can sell that. Like, was that was that allowed? Could you sell gold on eBay? Was that? Uh, oh yeah, actually, it, it was allowed back then. eBay at that point did not have a policy against in-game currency and items, and I think they they only instituted a policy I think several years after. Like well, one of the reasons they stopped, probably, right? Yeah, they they instituted a pretty blanket policy where you just can't sell gold. I mean, to this day, people still sell in-game currency on eBay, though it's not allowed at all, and you're never protected by seller protection. And you can still buy like digital items on there, but you're not supposed to. Like, it's against all the eBay rules to buy and sell digital currency on there now. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was totally allowed because it was relatively new. But you know, you know, it's it, it's interesting because I feel like eventually, like you're just gonna come into a situation where you do get scammed, and whether that's in-game or you know, outside of a game, like there, you, you hear it all the time of people getting like phone scammed, like, you know, happens all the time. Yeah. It's, it's much better to get scammed than Rune. people. And the people that don't get scammed, the people that got scammed in Runescape or Ultima, people that grew up in our era, that got scammed in games, 
they have a much more skeptical skeptical lens on how to view the world. And it's because of their experience in online games, I think, for sure. And since then, I, I, I really haven't been scammed. And it's really heightened my senses to what potential scams are. And when I read about scams, like people get scammed all the time, whether it's, you know, especially now with cryptocurrencies, you know, mm-hmm. the cryptocurrency scams are everywhere. I mean, I, I, on Twitch, even on Twitch, I mean, you'll see like these random streams pop up with like, they'll say like Elon Musk crypto giveaway. And it's got 8,000 viewers, all bots. And it'll show some bullshit video in the background of some stock video of, you know, some footage that Elon Musk talking. And they're just saying, send your money here. We'll double it. You know, the old, I'll double your money for free scam. You know, like mm-hmm. it's literally the, it's literally the RuneScape meme of we'll double money. Like people walking around town saying we'll double your money, and and like people give them money, and you you wouldn't think that works in you know twenty twenty one, but that mm-hmm. scam is still huge, and you search online, people fall for that scam to this day, and the people that fall for that scam never played RuneScape or Ultima Online. That's true. Because like the first time I got scammed was was in a in a game. I think I told you about this. I got scammed on Mabinogi, and I never fell for a scam ever again after that. So I think it's, it's really it's- important. It's like inoculation, you know. It's like you know, you you expose yourself to it on a very light dose, and then you buy you you become immune to it. Mm-hmm. So talking yeah. about like you you were just talking about 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 crypto, like uh, were you did you ever have a Bitcoin like back in back in the day, back in the day? Do you ever mine any? Uh, okay, so I, I I yes, I've mined quite a bit of Bitcoin, but before like my brother was very very early on Bitcoin. He was he was he he read an article about Bitcoin, like uh. Very, very early on, like very shortly after the, the Satoshi's white paper. And he read a good article on it. He downloaded the original Bitcoin software. I, I, I don't remember exactly when this is. I know exactly when I know when I started mining that, which I'll look up in a bit. But he, he read an article on it. He downloaded the Bitcoin software. He was CPU mining. And, you know, he, he mined for like 10 minutes. I think he, he probably got a couple of Bitcoin. He got a couple of the 50 Bitcoin rewards at the time. But then he's like, it, it makes my PC really loud. So he just stopped. That's when he first read about it. And then years later, after that, Bitcoin started to become more, uh, more mainstream. And I say mainstream. This was the Bitcoin was about a dollar each, one mm-hmm. US dollar per Bitcoin. So he originally read about read about this like six months before it was a dollar when uh-huh. you could just mine with your CPU. So he at that time he probably had like 50 Bitcoins on his original wallet. Oh my God. Because he was just CPU mining for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, which was enough to, at, that, at that time to generate some Bitcoins very quickly. Mm-hmm. But of course, that was, you know, and he lost those sometime later. But my brother and I started mining Bitcoins. Um, Oof, I got to look at my email exactly when, but when they were about a dollar each, we were mining them. And we were making about about two to three Bitcoins a day, three to four on some days. And we oh had, my, um, God. my basement was full of uh, of rigs, uh, of Bitcoin mining rigs. Specifically, the, if, you, if you were around back then or you know at all about the Bitcoin history, specifically when the AMD Radeon 5850 was like the best freaking card in the world for mining uh, Bitcoin. This was like the holy grail. It was the best mega hashes to price ratios. And mm-hmm. I, I drove around to every PC hardware store <laughs> in my area with my dad right. and just buying these out, you know, every, every 5850. So I would have like PCs with like 5850s. They're the, the crappiest AMD Semperons with the minimal RAM, the most garbage hard drive space, just so I can set up a PC to start, mi- which is a really good graphics card, to start mining uh, Bitcoin at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've mined a decent amount of Bitcoin. Unfortunately, I sold a lot of Bitcoin. And to this day, I still have a few email records of um, of selling my Bitcoin at really crappy prices. Oh, In fact, man. I've, yeah. I, I, have one, one, I have one email from uh, December 2, 2012. And I have a transaction where I sold uh, 25 Bitcoin for $12 each. And my sale price total is $303. So I sold 25 Bitcoin for $303. Oh, Now, man. obviously... 
if I kept that 25 BTC, it'd be worth a cool uh, uh, over a million, actually. Over a million dollars if I kept that today. Holy crap. Now, yeah, that big hurts. You know, I, I, I've been dabbling in crypto. I've, I've dabbled in Litecoin, a little bit of Dogecoin. I've had like a, a, a billion Dogecoin when it was sub one penny each. Unfortunately, I sold all that as well. Oh, but, my God. You know, now, while I sold 90% of my Bitcoin when it was less than $100 each, where I made basically no money. Uh-huh. I, I paid for all the all the all the hard all the GPUs I bought and all the other good stuff I bought, but I still kept like ten percent of it, right? And I and I sold all I sold whatever I had left in the run up to eight, around uh, when it peaked at eighteen thousand the last cycle, which is a couple of years, a few years ago. I sold between sixteen to seventeen thousand, uh, everything I had. Now I can't complain too much. I made just about seven figures. Very happy with what I made. But had oh I my had God. I, but had I just held on to a bit more of what I sold, I would have made eight like high mid to high eight figures. With what I had oh in my, my goodness, hand. Oh my goodness, dude! So missed opportunity, but again, can't complain. Made a significant amount of money from Bitcoin, though I regret not buying it in the most recent dips. I remember it dipped down to three thousand after it was eighteen thousand. Didn't buy it. To this day, I don't really don't really make exposure to Bitcoin. I do have a little bit of Ethereum, and I do have a little bit of. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the the NFT scene, the crypto scene, the Ethereum scene, only because I find the entire thing a bit very fascinating. So like you were you were t- talking about NFTs earlier. So the thing is like you know a lot of people are talking about NFTs right now. It's kind of like the the big thing that people meme about. But I don't know mm-hmm. if how many people actually know about NFTs. Like I personally don't know that much about NFTs. Can you explain sort of for for a person that doesn't really understand it? Can you can you explain kind of the process behind it? Uh, uh NFTs themselves non fungible tokens. Uh, essentially, mm-hmm. they are just um. A record of ownership on the blockchain itself. Uh, Ethereum is the most popular uh, blockchain for this. It is—it's basically the it keeps track of who owns what on the blockchain. So if you own a particular JPEG, particular image, that's all stored on the blockchain, and it just the record itself is just public, so everybody kind of knows who owns it. It's a kind of a way to authenticate the quote true owner or whoever the logged owner of of that particular item is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do meme that they're just JPEGs, and in a way, they're right. I mean, I've, I've been watching NFTs for a while. I've been trying to understand NFTs for a while. Uh, I sold some NFTs as well, uh, my own NFTs, try to get an understanding of how all this, this whole process works. And it really, you know, there isn't much utility behind any of it. It all comes down to just speculation, and which is okay. I mean, speculation is fun. I mean, everyone likes gambling, right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I, 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 to this day, I conclude NFTs are really just uh, speculation. And kind of, it, it can, however, be a kind of a status symbol where if you own, a, you know, if you, it's like you know having a Louis Vuitton bag they pay ten grand for, right? Mm-hmm. But I have a I have a monkey picture as a JPEG in my avatar on Twitter that I paid you know twenty fifty grand for. It becomes kind of this uh, status symbol as well. And to this, you'll actually see a lot of big celebrities. I think uh, DJ Khaled today changes his uh, Instagram um, picture to a, a monkey, a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT, which is going for. I think he paid fifty Ethereum, which is over two hundred thousand dollars. And you see a lot of celebrities paying, you know, 200 grand for these NFTs. I mean, maybe the, I don't know if they're the ones paying for it. I mean, who knows? I think only a few celebrities kind of outright embraced saying that mm-hmm. I did this. Very often, this might be the PR companies that run their, you know, Twitter pages. They might have been paid to do it. Who knows? But some of these NFTs are unbelievably expensive. And the biggest ones right now are Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, Bay C, it's called. You can look up the values on OpenSea. Mm-hmm. There's also something called, uh, there's an, another big one called, uh, CryptoPunks are two two of the biggest ones I would say right now, but there's so many small ones. But basically, you're just paying for a JPEG, and it's recorded on the blockchain saying who owns what. So the person who copies anyone can change their profile picture, but the ownership of that JPEG 
in the is kind of required in the blockchain. Though it so, should be mentioned that ownership does not mean copyright ownership. The original artist usually maintains copyright ownership. So what what kind of ownership is it then? Like you can't you can't uh, sell just, it. You can't you can't you, you can sell it. You just cannot you just cannot many most by default copyright rights are not transferred with the NFT. Now a few projects will say outright like by purchasing the NFT you also own the copyright to the NFT. But almost always that is not the case. But when you buy an NFT you can still flip it to somebody else. You know mm-hmm. nothing stops you from doing that. So they're kind of like uh, like trading cards almost. Like they they don't really the value is really dependent on people believing it has value rather than. Yes, and that that is what drives a lot of the NFT and uh, crypto universe, uh, without a doubt. I mean, it's actually the weirdest part of the internet. If you follow a lot of crypto people, you follow NFT people like I do. Mm-hmm. It's it is it is the most cultish community in the world. I mean, these people are screaming that they're changing the world, and I would argue that at least you can say blockchain has some impact on the world and the world of finance. NFTs, on the other hand, to this day have had zero impact and are not changing the world at all, like zero. I mean, it's remarkable how many people get caught up in this in the hype bubble of NFTs and um, crypto. I want to give a little anecdote of a story. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, like family friends, uh, my, you know, was uh, in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I've known this. I've known him since I was like really, really young, about my age. I mean, childhood French forever. And uh, when he was in Vegas, he told me that he's you know he was he this is this is right before Corona happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost his job and he started collecting unemployment and he was getting like, you know, a lot of money, obviously, with unemployment. And like any other good young man who gets unemployment money, he gambled all of it on crypto. <laughs> so he had like $30,000 worth of crypto. He was very much invested into something called, uh, was that, was that, it was Cardano was, was what he was bringing up to me. So obviously mm-hmm. he's, he, he has an engineering degree. He's, he's, you know, I guess he's a smart kid when it comes to his academics and engineering. Uh, mm-hmm. He obviously has no idea what Cardano does, but I asked him, "Hey, wh- why did you invest in Cardano? Like, wh- what's cool about Cardano that, that you know the blockchain world over over crypto?" So I'm asking this over lunch, and he tells me that the Cardano blockchain is being used to help schools in Ethiopia. Oh I'm like, God. "Are you serious? What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah. They, they announced this deal with like student IDs and the system in Ethiopia." And like, you do you do know that like not even 25 percent of schools in Ethiopia have electricity. What the hell are they going to do with Cardano blockchain when 25% of schools, only 25% of schools in Ethiopia have electricity? You it's utter nonsense. You should have asked them like, hey, bro, did you play Ultima or RuneScape? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been I your got, question. <laughs> the, the, this, I mean, it's a real, the thing is the guy who made Cardano is the guy, he also did Ethereum. I mean, every, I, mean I, I don't know how familiar your audience is with the crypto universe, but mm-hmm. Ethereum is really the next biggest uh, crypto project after after Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and one of the co-creators of that is the guy who made Cardano. So it's kind of got some legitimacy behind it. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't really serve any purpose, but he made a lot of money on it. So I mean, he he made money flipping his bullshit around. But it's amazing how little nobody really understands the technology behind most of the stuff they're investing in. Mm-hmm. And this goes doubly and triply so for NFTs because at least you can make the argument that the Cardanos, the Ethereum's, the Solanas, all the crypto bullshit there there is some real utility there. Besides just gambling. I mean, the real utility behind any of these crypto projects is the concept called regulatory arbitrage, meaning you can get around local laws in your country by using Bitcoin or crypto uh, to get around it. For example, I I read recently that marijuana dispensaries in America, Mm -hmm. I mean, many states have them legal, including California. Mm -hmm. Now, because marijuana is federally illegal, none of the marijuana dispensaries can really take credit card because credit card uh, networks operate uh, between states. So you cannot operate between, if it's only transferred between states, the fact that it's federally illegal makes that's why most of them operate in cash today. Though some of them accept debit cards, and the debit cards they work with are, are through local banks that only operate in that state. Mm-hmm. But a lot of credit card dispensaries they wanted to get 
credit cards accepted. So crypto actually had a pretty good solution for this. Pretty high fees though. So what happens is some some uh, marijuana dispensers will actually take credit card. But mm-hmm. you're not actually, what happens is they go with their credit card. When they, when they create a transaction with their credit card, what's happening is they're buying $80 worth of, uh, of Litecoin which has, or Bitcoin. One of the, uh, Litecoin is lower fees, so maybe Litecoin. And what they're buying is $80 of Litecoin. The merchant is taking the $80 of Litecoin, immediately converting it to US dollars on their end. So on the credit card receipt, all you see is uh, they all, the, all all you see is they bought Litecoin. So now it's not you're not really selling marijuana through credit cards anymore. You're selling crypto through through uh through. I see. So you get around the federal laws around you know the illegality of using credit cards to buy marijuana by just putting Bitcoin in the middle of it, where you're just really transacting Bitcoin or Litecoin. And the seller is really just turning it to USD immediately. So there is a purpose for, and obviously online gambling is a big one for for um, crypto as well. Mm-hmm. So crypto serves a real purpose. I would say NFTs, from my understanding, to this day are kind of a vanity slash collector slash speculation thing. You know, it, man, that's it's crazy because I remember like like nowadays you can you can buy a lot of things with with crypto, right? But before I remember it was kind of like meme like like buy illegal stuff basically is what people were doing with it right so it's like it's actually crazy to see like it's actually like coming up to the surface and people are actually like trading it just like yeah. re- regular money now well i mean for the most part anyone who spends if, if you ever spent your crypto you're kind of a schmuck i mean i because <laughs> he's going up in value right I, I i bought a vpn back when like vpns were like relatively new like uh-huh. not super memed like every youtube video is sponsored by a vpn nowadays right mm-hmm. but i pay like 50 bucks for like a two-year subscription for a vpn and that was when Bitcoin was like 50 bucks. So I paid one Bitcoin for a two-year subscription to a VPN. <laughs> and I paid in Bitcoin because I'm, I'm an idiot. Now, had I just kept that Bitcoin, I would have another 55G in my pocket instead. But nope, I paid for it with Bitcoin like a schmuck. Oh, and my God. anyone who bought anything with Bitcoin just feels like an idiot because it keeps going up. Yep. But but there is some real you know utility nowadays to it as well. You can get around like currency controls between countries. You know, if you're a rich China Chinese person, you want to move money to America or Canada and speculate on real estate. You turn all your money to Bitcoin, then move the Bitcoins overseas. Because if you if you live in China, for example, you're not allowed to move more than fifty thousand dollars overseas. It's illegal. That's like the maximum limit everybody has per mm-hmm. year. So if you want to buy a house in America or Canada, you need like you know five hundred grand or something. You, it's just physically impossible to do. It. It's illegal. You cannot move more than fifty grand per year. But Bitcoin kind of fixes the problem because you can you know turn all your money to Bitcoin, move it, and then transfer it to U.S. dollars once you're once you're overseas. So there's some utility there. So how do you make a, a- so how do you make an NFT? Because like uh, you know about that, but like I don't think most people know about that. Like how do you actually I mean, make it? I mean, literally anyone can make an NFT. It's literally a JPEG. I mean, it's that is it's a fancy. You know, people like to make it more complicated than it is. So if you if you if you go to OpenSea, for example, it is the biggest OpenSea.io. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to go in there, I don't know if you can Open show me a stream if you want later. Yeah, so you can just see it like yeah. yeah, that's just kind of like a, a website where you can browse other people's NFTs. So you make an account on there. And when you make an account on there, you can uh, upload your own JPEGs. And when you upload your JPEGs, you can instantly list them for sale. And that's it. They're on, they're on the blockchain now. Done deal. Banana peel. It's that easy. Was it, is it expensive? Like, like, do you, did okay. you want to talk about your thing at all or not? Yeah, sure. So, okay. I, so once I, once I saw this NFT stuff taking off, you know, as, as somebody who likes to, you know, I, I want to learn more about NFTs. I, I saw the price of this stuff going like absolutely crazy. So. I figured, you know, everyone's doing NFTs. There's like these koalas, there's these lazy lions, there's these pandas, there's these monkeys. There's like, there's literally a thousand different kinds of monkeys on OpenSea. People are selling NFTs or monkeys. So like, you know what? I've been playing MMOs for a long time. What is the quintessential MMO character? And I thought, okay, it's got to be slimes. Okay, you ever played Ragnarok Online? You play Dragon Quest? It's a very stable character in RPGs. 
you know, MRPGs, this, this, this quintessential slime character. So I figured mm-hmm. I'm going to pay some artists to make 100 slimes for myself. Some 100 quality slimes. And I'm going to list them as NFTs for sale. And I'm going to promote it with MMOs.com. You know, I make no promises on, you know, you're not going to get rich buying these slimes. I've, I was very clear to not make it super promotional. Just, you know, you're buying this super sweet slime. Mm-hmm. So I paid some artists in um, uh, probably, um, where were they? I think they were in Indonesia. They were somewhere, you know, in the developing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, through Fi- through Fiverr, great website. I paid them eight hundred fifty dollars for a hundred crisp slimes, top notch quality art slimes. Where can okay? I find this on OpenSea? Yeah, let, 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 I'll drop you a link. link. Show, yeah, I can show yeah. it so you can see my yes, yeah. yeah, so my my quality slimes. I dropped you a link over there. Oh, that's that's the wrong link. Let me give you the correct link. So. Hundred different slimes, different features. Uh, you'll you, if you can show some of them on stream, it'll yeah, be like uh, some of them. Have, yeah, some have like uh, you know wizards hats on. Some have ice cream hats on. Some have halos. They're different colors. One has got a mask. One's got a mustache. One's got a shield, a sword, all that good stuff. So different, just different variety of slimes you can see on there. This, these so, like, are so cute. These. Look at look how cute these are. How much I know, are these? Right? How much do I need to pay to to get in on one hundred slimes? Okay, so 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 you can see the price actually. Uh, like you can see the last transacted price on the on the page you're looking at right now. So you see the that little currency icon. You'll see what it traded for last if you can zoom in on it. Maybe the currency icon says like this one says yeah. like 0.6. Yeah, so it says point six. That guy is selling it for point six, but right beneath it, it'll say last. Do you see last? It'll say that's 0.25. the price somebody paid for it. I see. So th- like I paid 0.25 Ethereum for that one. Okay? How much is the Ethereum worth? About 4,500 US dollars each right now. Wait, what? So the slime you're looking at, somebody paid about a thousand bucks for. Yo, well, this one is 0.95. Oh, so, this. Some of them are asking prices. Look at the last price of what they last transacted. I see. So they're just like, if you really want this, you're gonna get yes. absolutely destroyed. So I'll walk you through some of it. So before That's people cute. think I made a shit ton of money on this, you know, I, I did make some money on it, but the way I started this I, I i sold all 100 slimes for zero dollars okay so the way that works is my list price was zero anyone can buy them from me for zero but the catch of course is that these nfts are held on the blockchain and when, it, when something's on the blockchain it has a mint on the blockchain so you have to pay a transaction fee to all the ethereum miners out there to process the transaction so mm-hmm. even though everything was zero the person who buys it for me for zero has to pay something called the gas fee was the fee to transact and create transactions on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm-hmm. So that at the time, you had to pay $100, 100 US dollars to buy that slime for me for $0. And the $100 doesn't go to me, by the way. That just goes to the, the Bitcoin miners. So other people got that money, not me. So once I put the project up, and once I put the I put a page up on MMOs.com kind of explaining the gist of the project and how cool the slimes were, within like 20 minutes, all 100 slimes sold out. All 100 oh slimes God. gone. If, I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, maybe I should maybe I should not give it give it away for free. I should have held it, you know, I should hold it for like hundred bucks <laughs> each. I mean, because these guys buying the slimes for free each pay a hundred dollars in like minting fees, right? Uh-huh. And the cost of getting them. So I'm like, eh, if they pay 150, they still would have done it, you know, whatever. So all they all sold out very quickly. And of course, once they sold out, everyone's like that there's this FOMO mentality that holy crap, there's no more slimes left. Oh, this guy's selling his slime. Uh, you know, he's selling for 0.1 Ethereum, you know, so he's selling for $200. So you buy from that guy. So people will be buying them back and forth from each other because there's a hundred slimes and everyone's mm-hmm. buying and selling them to each other. Cause like, holy crap, I got, I got to get one of these slimes, I bro. I need one of these slimes. I, first of all, look at those slimes. Who doesn't need so those? They're cute. so cute. Exactly. But I kept two of the slimes for myself. I, I did mention on the emo.com page. So I, two of those slimes. Which, which ones are yours? Which ones are yours? Wait, wait, I, got, I, got, I, got, I know which one. This, this one, right? This one? 
Number 39 and number 47. 39 and these two are yours right here. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm rocking this. This is a Discord good one. This is, I, I, I see it's your 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 Discord icon. Yes, I am it's advertising. I'm sh I'm shilling my slime on my Discord avatar. <laughs> but but so it, it was amazing to me just how quickly these were bought up, and I was kind of following the Twitter um like the Twitter people. Of course, the way NFTs really work is once you buy an NFT, the only way you make money is you shill it to everybody you know. Because the only mm -hmm. way you can make money with your NFT is if you advertise that you own this NFT and how great this project is, how you can make millions buying an NFT. So I see people that bought my NFT, they go to Twitter and they go, oh my God, 100 slimes project, next big deal on the, on the blockchain nonsense. And they're linking my slimes like, this, this, this is the good shit, guys. Get it now. Get in, get in, get in, get in. But I'm not doing any of this. The people that bought the slime for zero are shilling it for me. And they're buying and selling to each other. And the price is going up, 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 up. I think the... The most somebody, uh, several people paid fifteen hundred USD for a slime, like from another player, from not oh me, from, another, from somebody else that bought it. So several slimes transacted for over fifteen hundred US dollars. Now the way I make money on all of this, by the way, is not through the slime sales initially. So anytime a slime transacts, me as the creator of the project gets five percent transaction fee. So you can see oh, all the way at the top. I see. You'll see all the way at the top. So if somebody sells a slime for a thousand dollars, I get five percent of that. So you see all the way at the top, it'll say 27.7 .7 Ethereum on the activity line. So that's how much uh, volume, how many slimes, the total value of slimes that transacted. So of that, so there was 27.7 .7 Ethereum where the, where the slimes bought and sold. Mm -hmm. I get 5% of that, baby. That's not bad. 5% of, you know, 27.7 Ethereum. Is that forever? Is that like... Yeah. Yes, anytime from here to the heat death of the universe, I get 5% of every slime that transacts. Oh my God. So, so I made about... What 1.5 Ethereum or so, which is you know like eight thousand dollars on my investment of eight hundred fifty dollars. So I not made bad. you know not bad. You know I, I made about you know a little a little under eight G profit on my investment, and I got to learn about NFTs. And in the off chance these kaboom even more in the future, you know they go they go for crazy amounts in the future. Who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll make tons of money. So what's like the the, the stigma behind it? Because there's a lot of people. I mean, we we literally just talked about this like the other day about how like. People are like, oh man, like you know, people are gonna be pretty upset if you make your own F NFT. Like, what's what's the reasoning? Is it, is it just people getting mad because they're they're not in on it, or because it seems to I me think... that this is all it's the same thing as selling like trading cards or something, right? Or like, yes, I, I, I think, think, I think a, that's a very good. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a very good point. It's a good analogy of trading cards or anything collectible. Uh, I, I don't really understand the, I guess the. The random hate for it. It, it is kind of cringe. I guess I'll give it that. It is kind of like weird to see like it is it is a way for big companies, especially to monetize like their in-game assets in, in a way that I guess players kind of see as a distraction from what they want. So mm -hmm. if a game company you like starts talking about NFTs, like you as a player, you, you're just kind of rolling your eyes because you know, like, okay, did that work anything gameplay related? They're just trying to monetize some bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I I I can understand that level of being upset about it. I don't think it's fair to call it a scam either. I would say most people that are in the NFT world are just speculating. It's just wild speculation. And, usually, and I think most people realize they're just gambling. And if anybody buys NFT thinking like they're investing or you know, they don't understand they're gambling, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's on them. You know, it's, it, for most people, I would say, most people I've spoken to uh, in this universe totally understand they're gambling. They're okay losing money. And, and that's what it is. It's, it's a form of gambling and speculation. I guess I don't get it because um, people can speculate about anything. I mean, if you can, you could, yeah. you could speculate on oil, right? Like yeah. a barrel of mm -hmm. oil. So it's like, I, I yeah. guess I don't, I don't understand the difference. It, it's essentially the same. I think, you know, but I think there's also a little bit of layer of, uh, people are a little jelly. They missed out on it. I mean, some people. A little bit jelly, like your hundreds of Yeah, a little bit jelly, a <laughs> little bit jelly. 
I actually told Chaos Shield to buy one for me for uh, right when I listed them. Chaos Shield, they're literally free right now. Buy one, you'll make money. And he was AFK at the time, so I guess he didn't buy it. And by the time he came back, the cheapest line was like five hundred dollars. He's like, oh, God damn, I missed no. it. Chaos Shield got the inside scoop when they were launching. All right, Chaos he knew Shield. he could have bought it for zero. He missed out. Well, what were you doing, Chaos Shield? What were you doing if you weren't home? You there should you have go. been he home buying slimes. <laughs> <laughs> This makes me think of like the whole thing where um you, you did, you know, you did speculate on other things, and I remember distinctly one that you did speculate on was a uh, player unknown battlegrounds. That oh, was yeah. crazy. The, the, that was crazy. Yeah. So when PUBG was really taking off, uh, I remember I think people had pre-ordered the game or something, got something called a player unknown's trench coat. Yeah, I guess these were like the bandana. I guess in, in a way these are kind of NFTs in their own way, you know. But uh, you know. It, was, it kind of served a similar purpose. So there's there's cosmetics limited in the supply. game. You, yeah, limited supply of cosmetics in game. I bought like uh, eight or nine of these trench coats for like between fifty to one hundred dollars each, and within like six months they went up like nine hundred dollars each. And I, I dumped all of mine between. I, I obviously didn't sell all at the top. I sold mostly around six hundred bucks, and I sold some at three hundred dollars. But I made a crap ton of money speculating on bandanas and cosmetics in PUBG. You actually messaged me about that. You said, you said, you said, Leaflet, you should get in on this. And I was like, you know yeah. what? You know what? It's, you know, Remo's telling me I should get you into it. Bandana, I trust. You? you bought, you bought I, a bandana, didn't I you? I did. I made, I made probably, I want to say $5,000 off of that. Yeah. There you go. See, yeah. look, when I, when I spot opportunity, I, I got to share with my friends, you know? Yeah. I just bought up some bandanas. Like, like, I think I got them. Uh, they were already like kind of on the up. But we, mm -hmm. I, I think I bought them at 40 and 70. So 40 for the bandana yeah. and 70 for the, the coat. And I ended up selling them all for like 10x that. Oh, yeah, at least. Because the bandana went up to like $800 or something crazy. I sold it when it was high. Well. I sold it when it was really up there too. So mm -hmm. it was it was nice. The bandana went up to over $1,100. All right. That was like the peak <laughs> for the bandana. That's crazy. Yeah. That was, that was, but, that was crazy. But the NFT stuff... The, mm -hmm. the the rabbit hole to crypto and NFTs does not stop there. Every every like six months, every few months, the it gets more and more more in depth. Uh -huh. So the thing right now that's popping in the crypto universe is called NFT uh, and crypto games. Have you heard of like uh, NFT crypto games? Crypto games? No, I'm not. Okay, so Literally the most popular one is called um, the most popular one right now is called um, uh, why? I don't know why it's escaping my 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 head right now it's called uh, axie infinity there we go i don't know why i forgot the name axie infinity is a mm. crypto game so basically it's a game that uses blockchain it uses crypto and use nfts so it's basically a, a kind of a reskin pokemon where you have like uh like i think eight different kinds of of uh of pokemon like characters in the game called axes mm -hmm. and you can battle them with each other each one's a nft they have different stats you can breed them they have different fighting power and there's a game to be played now unfortunately i don't recommend anybody uh, actually the game in order to play the game you have to own at least three of these uh axes these pokemon and in order to get them you have to buy from another player i think you have to spend like a thousand bucks to begin playing this game Holy because that's, shit. That, that's the cheapest investment to buy three of them but uh you know it's, it's a good conversation to have if, you, if you're a little more familiar with the, the mechanics of crypto because ultimately all of these crypto games including axel uh including this game Actually, actually, Infinity. It seems like the people behind these games are more interested in creating this kind of like financial uh, system and this kind of like gambling system more so than actually making a game. Mm -hmm. Because 
the only people playing any crypto game are people that want to play the game to make money. Not a single soul is playing any of these games because the games are fun. They're playing these games in the hopes of buying Pokemon, bringing these characters to sell for more in the future. And that's the only reason to play these games because the games themselves are not good. Now, mm-hmm. in the future, that may change. And the idea that NFTs and um, could change gaming is a possibility, but I'm not particularly optimistic on it because think of it this way. The, the goal of NFT games and crypto games and decentralized gaming is you want to kind of separate the ownership of characters, of weapons and items in a game away from the developer and publisher. So for example, if you're playing World of Warcraft, right? Let's say hypothetically you're uh, your your character mm-hmm. in the game and and your weapons, they don't exist like outside of, they exist outside of Blizzard's control. They're they're yours. They belong to you. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, Blizzard cannot delete them if they wanted to. That would be the kind of the, the advantage for players in a in a decentralized mm-hmm. game. And that's kind of like what what these kind of games are trying to do. But the remarkable thing is every single one of these games kind of falls back. Like, there's obviously a lot of problems with this, right? So imagine mm-hmm. imagine Blizzard can't ban your account because everything is decentralized, right? <laughs> yeah. People are going to be screaming, freedom, yeah, we own our content, we own our characters, you know. It's the, the, the crypto utopia libertarian nonsense. But it doesn't work. And you can see in the biggest NFT game, which is this, this Axie Infinity, while you own your Pokemon, your Axies, right? If, you're, if, you're, if your characters are banned from the game, which they can be today, even though it's crypto quotes. So you can own your characters. You can own the JPEGs of your characters and the JPEGs of your items and your swords. But if you can't access the game, those characters are worthless. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, So the game still retains the right to ban you for toxicity, for cheating, for doing all this nonsense. But you can still they can still claim their blockchain power and all this nonsense because you own your characters. You can still it's sell all, it. It's all bullshit. It's like, yeah, you sell you it. Can't but the, guy it. Can't do it. the guy who buys it can't do anything with it either because it's, it's banned. Oh, it, it so bans the, the, the characters yes. get banned. I see. Yeah, so to this day, I cannot think of a good uh, framework for an NFT game or crypto game. None of it makes sense to me. And I've looked at like four, five, six of these games. And every single one, they're all built on gambling mechanics. And people that are playing crypto games are just gambling. And it's gambling with more steps where people don't realize they're gambling, but but they are. And that, that's all they are. And like the problem is too is like... Uh if they were to make a game like that like you couldn't even like how do you even balance that like can you balance the game without like people rioting because you're lowering the value of something that they have right it's like <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point yeah you can't even like like make you, like how do you even properly like like support the game it's like you can't right it's it's weird i mean they, they, it's a just to give you an idea how huge I mean, this is a big game this is not like you know i'm not bringing up some really really obscure shit there's a lot of obscure stuff in the crypto universe but uh i think they raised uh how much does it cost people, for like a, a character like the most expensive uh, character oh my god hundreds of thousands of dollars if you, if you look at the most advanced like we're talking about the rare the rare like shiny equivalent ones you know like the pokemon shiny equivalent yeah the ones in actually could be worth you know tons tons fifty thousand hundred thousand two hundred thousand or more holy shit so this company raised uh 150 million dollars at a three billion dollar valuation just uh a month and a half ago, so they're it's a real company. They're raising real money, and their tokens right now are worth like I think over twenty billion dollars. The value of all the tokens outstanding for the game. So there's a lot of money sloshing oh around God. in this universe. It's a whole. It's a big rabbit hole, though. I mean, it, it gets really nitty gritty. But the moral of the story is, uh, it's generally unless you know, unless you're okay gambling, you you want to stay from this stuff. It's all it's all bullshit. All of it, NFTs, all all of that. Yep. Is- 
And if you want to speculate, I mean, that's fine. Go into it with a mind that like, I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble. Like, I'm playing the auction house, and I want to, you know, I set aside, you know, a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or something to to play this game or to speculate with it. And I'm okay losing it. If you have that mentality, you're fine. And I think you'll have a lot of fun with it because I do think it, you know, it's good to know how any of this stuff works. And I think even if you lose five hundred dollars speculating and, and just to jump into the jump into the crypto world, it, it'll be a learning experience nonetheless, and you you will get something out of it in that regards. It's kind of like it. It kind of reminds me of like kind of playing the auction house or something in a game where mm-hmm. you have like a commodity. There's like something something happening in the future, and you're like, well, I I think the value of this basic commodity is going to go up, so you buy a bunch yep. of it. It's pretty mm-hmm. much the same concept, really. It's just uh, oh, with ab- real absolutely. money. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the NFTs are something called wash trading. There's a lot of manipulation going on, without a doubt. So. The way that would work is, you know, let's say there's a thousand of these. Uh, let's say the hundred slimes collection, my my, my NFTs. Mm-hmm. Somebody buys like twenty slimes, and he just keeps selling the slimes to himself through multiple accounts. And it looks like holy, like, it looks like wow, the, the value of these slimes keep going up. He keeps buying a slime and selling it to himself over and over again at, at ever higher increasing prices. And when people see the price going up, they want to jump on as well. And mm-hmm. when they jump in, they're paying the inflated price that the guy's going to sell is a dump on you at. So there's a lot of manipulation going on here for sure. There's no regulation either. This is like wild, wild west, like absolutely wild, wild west stocks, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's zero regulation, all, uh, all pump and dumping and a crazy amount of manipulation. So, you know, it's, it's fun stuff. If you're interested in this, I mean, I, I took a bit interest in it as well because I joined a lot of discord groups. Though it's called Telegram, they use Telegram, which is kind of a Discord, like a messaging app, kind of like Discord, mm-hmm. where people talk about these uh, NFTs, they talk about cryptos. Mm. And I, they have voice channels there too, right? And I joined a lot of really, really scammy ones, like obviously scammy ones. Like my favorite is uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can share this on stream, but uh, uh, if you send it to me, I can I can put it up. Okay. As long as there's, there's I mean, no dicks on it, you know. <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so this was a obvious scam called. Uh, <laughs> Called uh, Elon Sperm. What <laughs> in the world? Okay, Elon so, Sperm. Okay, they're selling a token, a crypto token called Sperm, and they're saying it's and it's it's kind of labeled as like we're gonna bring Elon Musk's sperm to Mars or something, right? And like you see little sperms floating around the background. It's really weird, really bizarre. Like this what? is obviously bullshit. What is this? Yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. I mean, there are literally there are so many pro- projects like this that just serve to uh, it was it was a puppet dump, and it, and you know. These usually last like a couple of weeks. And what happens is the guy who created it sells all the all the tokens to other people and it cashes out and then deletes the Discord server. Pretty sure the Discord server for that one is deleted. But I jumped into a few of these these servers just to like talk to people involved, right? And like, mm. like what what kind of person sits in their like room and buys something called Elon Sperm, thinking <laughs> they're gonna get rich? You know, like there's what does that person look like, right? Try to try to picture them. So I, I would talk to these people on, on like voice channels, like, hey, you know, how are you guys doing? How did you guys get involved in this? And people are just trying to, yeah, man, I'm trying to get rich. Uh, he's like, I'm a, this guy's like, I'm a carpenter. I do contracting work. And oh like, I'm speculating these coins. You know, I, I get rugged all the time, but like I had a couple of big winners. So the industry, the, the term is when you, when you get scammed or like when the, the guy who created the project sells everything and cashes out is rugged. They pull the rug underneath you, right? Mm-hmm. It's really good. So the, term, the people throw that term around all the time. Like I got rugged, which means I got scammed. But like, don't get scammed and they'll jump to another scam, right? But they kind of mostly people kind of know they're playing in a pond full of scams, and they're just hoping they can flip this nonsense to other people for more money than they paid for it, like trading cards, and hoping they can make some money off it. This but really sounds like, yeah. uh, like that sounds like the words of a gambling addicted person. I mean, clearly, yes. Like, this, <laughs> this is obviously for a gamble. This is 
some it's a, it's a, it's a form of gambling that that's what it is and i think most people are, that are involved kind of realize that too which is the one saving grace here is very few people that bought elon sperm thought they were actually investing or, or trying to change the future they're just literally buying nonsense hoping to sell it to somebody else do you think that that uh that whole culture of like we're changing the world bruh do you think like do you think that's manufactured do you think that's that's a part of it because like no no it's it's definitely organic people actually believe it and it's it's unbelievably really? cringe again it, it's been a part of the crypto scene since uh, again, since Bitcoin was less than a dollar, they're all talking about changing the universe. There's a lot of libertarians in crypto, like a hardcore libertarians. Uh, I, I used to call myself a libertarian too, but I mean, the idea sounds very fun and very attractive to libertarians. And these, these are the most annoying kinds of people, though. You know, you follow enough crypto people, they get so annoying, and it's it's really they really do think they're changing the world. But the funny part is like by like the, what de decentralizing the the, yeah, the economy, money. like money type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the argument there is you know, it, it's it's. The, the U.S. dollar is inflationary. Holding U.S. dollars, you're going to be poor in the future. And you know, our, we can trans. You know, there's no restrictions on transferring money. Governments can't seize your assets. But at the end of the day, I mean, for the most part, for 99.999 percent of humanity, dealing in U.S. dollars is just more practical and more convenient and just just better for everyone. I mean, gold. The, the, there you go. <laughs> there's, a re there's, there's a reason gold is always shilled on like the the weirdest places. All right, like the weirdest like uh like survival channels and the, the conspiracy stuff is like all over gold. It's it appeals to a lot of the same mentality that uh, the crypto does. But obviously, I would say gold is uh is much more real than than crypto. Man, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like what uh, is there is there anything that um that you're looking forward to in crypto at all or or not? not really? Uh, it's 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 really amusing stuff to keep track uh, to keep to follow with. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the. With the with the crypto rocks, have you heard of that? Crypto rocks. It's called Ether rocks. Ether rocks. Okay, so let me link you. Uh, let me link you a Twitter account that follows the price value of Ether rocks. All right, let's. See. Okay, what so this, this website. So this account keeps track of the value of these Ether rocks. It's one of the original NFT projects created back in 2017. He created 100 pet rocks, which are just JPEGs of rocks. Okay, and the one the one rock sold. Uh, November 29th, so that's uh, two days ago, for $1 million. There's just different Ethereum. colored rocks. Yeah. Oh, right here. And $1 million. One mil oh, my yep. God. Yep. And you can see all the transaction prices. Uh, these were like going up in value like crazy. It's like two, two point five million, three million $2.5 million, $3 million. But uh, it, they lost some of their luster. The rocks are only worth about a $1 million each now. But it is it is amazing like how much speculative nonsense happens in this world. And it is very, very amusing. I mean, you got a lot of mainstream coverage as well. Somebody paid $1.3 million for a picture of a rock. I think one of the guys that bought that was the founder of uh, Tron, which is another bullshit crypto. Mm -hmm. But it, it just amused me to see like these projects take off and like Man, that's the crazy. amount of money sloshing in this universe. You know, there is so much money in this crypto universe, so much money. And I do want I, it does seem like though 99% of people that are that, that get into this market that try to learn about crypto, that try to speculate, most people are going to lose money. Unless you buy like, if you buy like Ethereum, or Bitcoin, and you just hold, there's a chance you'll make good money because so far they've been doing very well. But if you try buying, you know, NFTs, trying to pick which NFT is going to go up, which will go down, that's like, that's kind of a loser's game. But it, it, it is still fun to see which which projects take off. And it's amazing these rocks are like, you know, multi million dollars now. It almost, literally seems, just JPEG rock. it almost seems like the parallel is like how, um, like, I guess Bitcoin, Ethereum, all those big ones are kind of like buying stocks, whereas like buying mm -hmm. NFTs is like trying to, trying to play penny stocks, penny you stocks. know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's trying to get rich, you know. 
There was, I think there was a guy who bought a, there, there's one wallet for Shiba Inu. It's another one of the meme coins, which, which spun off from uh, Dogecoin. Uh, basically, there's a, there was one account that bought like $5,000 worth of uh, this bullshit coin. Mm. And now that coin, like like a year ago, he bought it. That one wallet, one year later, is worth like $4 billion. What the fuck? Yeah. And I think Shiba Inu coins were like $20 billion overall. So this guy bought a crazy, like 5000 back then was a lot of money for this bullshit penny stock. And that it, whoever bought that made a, a crap ton of money. It's really bizarre to read. And well, this, this is just gambling, took, man. There's no way to know. Yeah. And mo- of course, most of these bullshit coins go to zero. Most of these bullshit tokens go to zero. There are so many of these, you have no idea. Uh, I mean, I, I can share you some fun links for you to, to skim through later. Like mm-hmm. there are Reddit threads. Reddit, there's, a, there's subreddits dedicated to like the shittiest of the shit coins, like the absolute garbage of the garbage. That's where I found uh, Elon Sperm, by the way. So can can anyone just make a coin like their own? Oh yeah, yeah. of course. They're, they're like two clicks. There's like there's uh there there are websites to make like make your tokens instantly. So it's really easy. They're, like oh make your own God. like token websites. And of course, you, you make your token, you shill it, and you try to make money. So going back a bit, like uh, just wow, we we went like on a real like a real crazy like all the way around uh, tangent. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, M- M- MMO MMO huts. Mm-hmm. So when you were you were in, were you still in high school when you made MMO huts? Uh when I was I, I was in my first. I was I either maybe the summer after high school, like graduate high school, and I probably I probably started that in the summer before I started college, if I had to guess, right around there. Was that the, the was that the first like like big monies that you made? Was that or? Uh, hold on, I'm trying to get my now I'm trying to get my timelines mixed up. Maybe I did. I might have done MMO Hub after around there. Well, you now. did another one before it. Yeah, before MMO Hub, I did MMO Hub. So again, we went from MMO Hub to MMO Hut. I changed literally one letter. Literally one letter. So wait, you you wait. Was this was this uh something that you that you sold or was this like you just decided to change the name? No, no, no. I sold it. So MMO Hub became uh MMOGames.com. Anyone's familiar with that website? It it was one of the bigger ones uh mm-hmm. at the time. MMO Games ended up being uh like today. It, it's I'm pretty sure it's owned by um by Gamego, which is a big German company that, that, that they actually run it. It's kind of weird. Gamego actually owns a bunch of these games. They own Fiesta, Last Chaos, Arcade. They used to run Arcade. Yeah, Fiesta Online. They mm-hmm. run a bunch of these games. So a company that actually runs these games bought a website that uh, reviews the games. Definitely a little bit you know, ske- uh, sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they gave all their games very high marks, you know? Yep. <laughs> but so I, before MO Hut was MO Hub, which became later MO Games. But then after that, I made MO Hut. And MO Hut was probably the first real big success like the first like okay i got i got the old the old fuck you money you know you put a lot of work into that though like yeah, just, just looking at looking at it and um i remember that, that that's how i first saw saw you because you were the you were the guy that was making like those free-to-play like this is back mm-hmm. before when you know this is before like league of legends before like free-to-play was really like in the forefront of gaming as it is now right so you were the first one making all those, all those, all those videos. You, you made, you made so many of them. So it's, it's kind of neat to see that mm-hmm. you actually, you know, profited from it. I think to this day, I, I was the one who coined the term first look. And this is regards to anything I'm talking. You can find first looks on movie trailers, first looks on this, first looks on that. The term first look, I don't think anybody used that term until Emohat did it. You did right? do that on Emohat. You, you did do that. Everything now. 
first look for this new Tesla car. First look for this new this. Nobody used the word first look before. I'm telling you. I that, used, that word I used it because of you. I used it because of okay. you. <laughs> I don't think any, I don't think you can find a video that dates prior to one of my original MMO videos that, that use that term, all right? So it was like your process behind it. You just like, just, just grind it out basically. Like, I mean, I, I saw what I did with MMOHub did pretty well. And I feel like I could have mm -hmm. done way better. And I was working with the guys that bought MMOHub at the time for like a short while, but they were kind of weird. There were these, uh, there was a guy in uh, Netherlands, which I flew there and meet him. And it was a weird experience. And I <laughs> didn't think they were very good. So, and they were not, they were not doing things the way I wanted, which is fine. It's their website. And, uh, you know, I, I told him I quit. And after like, uh, I think I had like a three month or six month non-compete. So for six months, I couldn't make a competing website. And I waited and I just, after six months are up, I'm like, okay, I, I learned a lot from my experience with uh, MMO Hub. I'm going to do everything I did, but like 10 times better. And that's why I ended up with MMO Hub. And it was just the same version of my previous website, but just much, much better. Man, like how many, how many videos did you make on there? You must have made like oh, God. shit so, man. Oh my uh, God. Oh yeah. That, that you know, it was a simpler time back then, all right? Simpler time. Nowadays, you got to put all this production value, some effort, some editing. Nah, I ain't, I, I ain't about that life, all right? Boom, hit the record button, shoot the shit, let's go. Man, you know? that Lucent Heart one was so good. <laughs> Do it live. You know, it was the stars live. aligned. I love that video. That video is great. And that was like completely unscripted. Like, this yeah. is like no oh, yeah. bullshit, like unscripted, yep. like yep. like full on, just, just random. Did you ever talk to that person again? Did they ever? Did they ever? Did they ever reach out to you and say like, "And that was me"? That was... There was. They did. Um, like, I'm trying to think. They, 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 I think they left a comment in the in that video somewhere, and I talked to them a little bit back and forth. If I remember correctly, or they might have PM me, but I'm pretty sure they left a comment <laughs> in that video years ago, saying, "Hey, that was me." So, so, so if you if you don't know the video, it's it's basically a video uh, about a dating MMO, and and, and you just live. You just live attempted to date somebody. Listen, I got it. Yeah, exactly. It was a fun experience. I'm looking at the comments now. Apparently, uh, I, I didn't read these comments in forever. These are, these are 10 years old. Holy oh moly. Oh, my this God, video is from, dude. This was in 2011. Time flies, yo. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it, love it or hate it, but like, you don't see games like Loose and Heart anymore. At least they tried to make something a little different, right? Like, it's kind of weird, right? But at least they, they tried something different. That wasn't I'll, like I'll the glory days of MMOs, like the mm -hmm. like that period of MMOs. There was like an MMO boom. People were mm -hmm. making all sorts of different concept MMOs, and it was really, really great. I think every week there was like games coming out, I and know. that's why MMO did particularly well because every time a game launches, how do you how do you get like an audience? Like you know, you have to advertise on MMO websites, and there's really only three MMO websites. It was on RPG, MMOHA, and a website called MMOSite.com and MMORPG.com. So these four websites that just were the only websites that covered MMOs really at the time. And every time a new game comes out, they blast like $10,000, $20,000 marketing budgets on every on each website. So you're just rolling in the dough, you know, because we were the only place to advertise and we were making a ton of money back then. Which ones are still up? Are, are, are any of those still up? Let's see. Uh, MOSite.com is dead. It was a Chinese-owned website. They died. MORPG.com got sold. Uh, some some I think some Swedish company bought them. which They bought them last year. Are you allowed and to I say think, how much uh, you sold MMO Huts for? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm allowed to, but... Uh, Secret, yeah. Uh, low seven figures. I'll keep it. I'll say that. Holy fuck, I dude. I'm trying to see how much MRPG.com sold for as well, because they, they sold very recently. And I think... I'm actually pretty sure MMOHuts.com sold for more. So, And th their website was like, they have a way better name, right? Oh, my God. <laughs>
but yeah, it, I, I did very well with timing worked out really well for that. And uh, obviously things have changed with Emos.com, not nearly as uh, as profitable, though it still makes money. I'm still happy with it. And it's a fun project, which I still run. Definitely not my main uh, project right now, but uh, you still hands it, it still on, makes on it. Money. Uh, mostly hands off. I, once in a while, I'll put a, you know, once in a while I'll update everything and do some some changes to the website structure. But most of it runs you know on autopilot right now, and it, it still makes a little bit of money. Any plans to bring back the pod- podcast? Uh, maybe one day. But like the MO market has changed so much. It's changed so much that it's like it's all about mobile games now. I mean, to this day, it's actually remarkable that you know a website like uh, MOS.com, the, the most money we've made by far, the most money we made by far, is from ads for these garbage mobile games and uh you know browser strategy games like unironically guys god bless raid shadow legends all right the company behind raid shadow <laughs> legends is our single biggest like advertiser you know we, we made over six figures from them like we had more money off the guys behind raid shadow shadow legends than literally we had we had huge ads from like black desert online when that game launched and all these real games but all the money comes from raid shadow legends like we get 50 percent of like if you set up to Raid Shadow Legends from clicking on emos.com, we get 50% of everything you spend. So half the money Wait, you spend ever? on the game forever, baby. Revenue share forever. Holy crap. That's so, re- yeah, we do that for Raid Shadow Legends. We do that for like five other games from the same company. And I, I, I have a back end to, to track, you know, who signs up every day, how much money they spend. Now, obviously, most players don't spend any money in these games. You know, most people are free-to-play users. But there are whales, boys. There are there are whales that, that spend crazy amounts of money in these games. And... Dude, with we, 50%, we've had one guy. You just need one. Yeah, you get one whale, you're good. We've had one whale spend like a single user spend like 30 grand, 40 grand. Shit, one guy. Dude. And then you have some people that spend like two grand, three grand. It adds up. And some people spend zero. But because you have the whales, it averages out to be like a very high number per person that signs up. And we, you know, considering we, we covered so many real games on MOS.com, like actual games like Black Desert Online, which are good games. Mm. And we've had ad campaigns from like real serious MMORPGs, which are good. And we made all this money off these garbage. I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't insult them. Like we get all our money from. I still get money from them. God bless them. The best games ever. All right. <laughs> we'll call them. We'll call them low effort games. All right. Maybe it's a little more diplomatic. Mm-hmm. But these low effort games make all the money. So it's a totally different world. And and I'm, I'm not particularly hype about playing games like Raid Shadow Legends or a lot of those mobile games. Though it does seem like some mobile games are starting to get good. I will say Genshin Impact is actually a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unironically a game where you there's no autoplay. You play the game yourself. Top tier production value, good music, and it's it's proven it's a good game. I mean, it, it's it is the only gotcha game, the only gotcha game that's found success in the West. Not a single other Japanese, Korean gotcha game has done. Chinese have done well in the West. Not a single one. And it includes FGO, includes Grand Blue Fantasy. They, those games do well in Asia, but nobody plays them in the West. How much? Uh, so you might have a little bit more insight on this, so I, I just wanted to ask, how, how much uh, do you think a user is worth? Like just a sign up, right? Because like like you, you mm-hmm. said that that there's a certain percentage of whales that make like you know majority of the money, obviously, right? But that mm-hmm. means that you can calculate how yeah. much a sign up is worth, right? How much how much do you think yeah. one is worth? You know, do you do you know I, anything about that? Yeah, it depends a lot per game. I mean, uh, you if you if you search revenue per you know if you start searching revenue per user or average revenue per user ARPU and start searching games, you'll find a lot of industry data around this. Now I read a lot about this, you know, over the years. Uh-huh. But for a for a game like um, for a game like Raid Shadow Legends or the the strategy games, they have very very high lifetime value for customers. So those companies are willing to spend um, like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars to acquire one user. That's for one sign up, and th- that doesn't mean you'll spend any money. But they'll spend upwards of that to get one person down with their game. 
and, and they'll pay websites that much to send them one user. But the, the real money is, of course, made not in the getting paid per user. You make money on the revenue share. Revenue share is the is the much better business model. So if you're offered a you know sponsorships uh, leaf, go with the go with the revenue share. You'll make more money in the, in the long run. <laughs> of course, I'm I, the, I'm about yeah. making money more money <laughs> over time than upfront. Yeah, of course, mm. of course. But other games like League of Legends and stuff, they're they're, they're their per customer number is probably way lower. The the biggest one, I mean, I, I kind of want to Google this again before I say some numbers, but you know, strategy games are going to be the most and more casual games are going to be a lot less. But it's not unusual to, for these these companies to spend upwards of $5, $6 for a single user. So I'll, I'll log into my, my ad account on most.com right now, hmm. for example, and I, I can tell you exactly how much we're being, you know, how much these ad companies are paying for a single user. So for a game called uh, World of Tanks, pretty well-known game, if I send you, if I send them a single qualified, like an actual user that downloads and plays the game mm-hmm. from the U.S. or anywhere in Western Europe, they'll pay fourteen dollars. Fourteen dollars. Yes, and this is for a free-to-play game. Oh my goodness! So it's it's pretty amazing, actually. So World of Warships about ten dollars. I can look at a game like um, Cross Out with six dollars. You can put a game like uh, Splitgate paying six dollars. So that's Splitgate how they can afford to to um to put all that money on advertising and getting uh getting influencers and streamers to, to set up on it oh, yeah. because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously the business model for them is ideally, uh, they want to find an influencer that can, um, they want to pay a flat. They usually want to pay flat. They won't pay flat rates if, they, if the influence is big enough. Cause they pay like a couple thousand dollars for, for even like four or $5,000 for a really big streamer to talk about a game mm-hmm. and, you know, make that, that that's to give them like 500 users, maybe a thousand users or five, a couple thousand users. And, and, Advertising that is going to cost them much, much more. So they can get, they get a much better deal with influencers. Now, the influencer is not big enough. They want to go with a revenue share model. or you know That way, they don't have to pay that much, and they still get the exposure. But typically, you make more money on the, on the revenue share, though. Mm-hmm. But mobile games, too. Uh, actually, th- some of the most remarkable numbers come from uh, mobile games. I mean, these the, I gave you PC games, but the mobile games where the money is. So I, I think I wrote an article on um, Lineage, Lineage M how much money made per download so we can find the exact stat on mmos.com so it's game by um it's a game by ncsoft they mm-hmm. made a mobile version of their popular lineage franchise they made a per download they've made i think mean, this is after uh the game made 2.3 billion dollars in revenue in like two years so if you look at everyone that downloaded the game like every single download we count every single download the game has had since launch not i'm not counting per spending user per download and that catch people that download the game and literally never launched it once. So you look at a per download figure, you know, you would think a free to play game, right? You know, like it's going to be, it can't be that high because, you know, mm-hmm. full budget games are $60. You know, buy a PS5 game at 60 bucks, buy a full budget game at 60 bucks. Their per download figure is $279 per download. Per download? Yes. And now, now if you look at a number that's per paying user, we exclude everyone that just launched the game, plays the game without spending money. The per paying user number is going to be multiples of that number, obviously. But the de- but the per download figure is absolutely insane at twenty seven nine dollars. Man, you know it's really crazy because a lot of like there's a lot of worry from people that the gaming industry is kind of going in this direction, right? Like mm-hmm. because because you see all you know big triple A game, you're like wow that's like a really really like really really beautiful game. It's a really really good game, but effort wise, they make a lot less money than like a lot of these mm-hmm. these um mobile games, right? I mean I mean just Based on the figures, like they're killing it with with lineage mobile, right? I like how much? Like, how much does a big game make? Like a what's like? What's I mean, look, 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 look at look at it this way. Like the entire uh, let's look at a big game. I mean, would you say Metal Gear Solid is a big game? 
Yeah, let's let's use that. That's a good one. Okay, so Metal Gear Solid is a pretty is AAA game that everyone's ever heard of. I think the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise has sold about 55 million copies since launch. Let me see if we find the exact number. Yeah, 56 million copies since launch, approximately worldwide. So let's assume that 56 million is uh let's is say they all, sold me for 50 all, bucks. all of the games or just the first all, one? All, all all of the games combined. So we're talking the OG to the current one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So about 56 million copies. Let's say it costs 50, they, they make 50 bucks each, which actually is way less because they, they can only charge the 60 bucks at launch and the price goes down very quickly. Mm-hmm. And obviously the first game on PS1 probably didn't cost that much. So you multiply that 50, you're gonna get about 2.8 billion dollars. Fake Grand Order makes two billion dollars in two years. So in two years, fake grand, fake grand order, a single gotcha game from Japan has basically made more money than the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise since uh, God knows when the first Metal Gear Solid game came out. Oh my God. I, I mean, you think, and you think about it, like, like in terms of uh, resources made to create Fake Grand Order, I mean, there's no way it's the same. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's insane. And a good, another good comparison is um, Fire Emblem Heroes, for example. I mean, it's Nintendo's most popular and successful gotcha game, and it doesn't even come close to the numbers that other gotcha games come to. But I'm, when I wrote an article on Mose.com about it, the fake that that game made more money than next than the ten previous Fire Emblem games combined. So Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile made more money than the previous ten Fire Emblem games combined. Is this the death of gaming. I mean, the, all gaming is going towards gotcha gaming, boys. Embrace it. That's why there's uh, I mean, I mean, if you're if you're wondering why there's loot boxes and everything, why people mm-hmm. are moving towards free to play, this is all this is where the money is. Talking about loot boxes, a funny story from France that was trying to ban loot boxes. Did you hear how Valve got around the loot box ban? No, tell me about it. All right, it's pretty funny because uh, so France came pretty hard on loot box regulation. So mm. in CSGO, for example, if you ever open uh, one of those crates, mm-hmm. so Valve, they made, they made a rule saying you ha- people can people have to know what they're buying. Otherwise, you can't sell it, right? So loot boxes would be like in danger in the system. But Valve, big brain Valve and Gaben came up with a beautiful system. They said, no problem, you know, We'll show you exactly what you're buying. So in CSGO, you know, normally you you, you know you, you buy a key, open the box. So what, what happens in uh in CSGO in France, on the other hand, is you see the box you're gonna buy, right? So you launch CSGO, you see they're selling you the, the loot box for like five dollars, whatever, whatever loot box costs in the game, but you can see exactly what's in the box. So everyone when they first launch CSGO, they can see exactly what they're buying. They can see what rare, if there's a rare item inside, if it's worth it or not. However, you cannot see the next loot box until you buy the first loot box. So if you want to keep rolling, you have to buy the first one in front of you because you can't see what's behind it. Oh, I see. So they basically got around the, with a loophole and nothing changed because essentially people are still gambling for what's, you know, they, they know what they're buying. Even if, they, even if they don't want to buy it, they're going to buy it because they want to see what's behind it to get the next one, you know? Yeah. It's only, it's, it only affects like the, the, the first, the first yes. transaction. <laughs> Yeah, and, and anybody who buys loot boxes in these games, they buy more than one anyway, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't change anything. And they basically totally circumvented the rules. Holy crap. Pretty genius, though. Uh, Interesting way to get around smart, it. smart way to get around it. So it's just like an open loot box in your thing, and it's like you buy yep. this, and then, and then you, you can see get another open loot box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the other loot box is hidden behind the open loot box, and that becomes visible, too, obviously, after you buy the oh first one. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a pretty genius way they got around it. I wonder how much CSGO made. How, how, how much... CS goes up there. It, it definitely does really well. Knives, man. Damn knives. knives. I've money. never opened a knife ever. I think uh, the, the one company, Super Data Research, released really, really cool uh, reports every year, at the end of every year, telling you how much basically how much money every single one of these free-to-play games made. But uh, unfortunately, they shut down. So a good industry data source is gone. And why without they, why them, they, why they shut down? I think they, they got bought by a company called Nielsen, huge uh, TV ratings company, advertising mm. ratings company. 
And I guess they just, I don't know, they, they bought them and they shut them down one year later for, I don't know why. I guess they weren't making money, but it sucks oh because God. the only other way to get data like this is you're paying like $2,000 for these reports from these, you know, other companies. And it's just, I don't want to pay $2,000 to, you know, to scratch my curiosity how much money CSGO made that year, you know? Oh, man. Man, it's rough because like, it, it, you know, like, like you know, mm -hmm. we, we both come from like the gaming industry and it's just really rough to mm -hmm. see that like the minimal viable effort is kind of going to be the the main the mainstream right because that's where i mean it's not even close it's not even like a small it's not even like a 10 percent difference to say like well you know we could make a game that we really care about and we really really like mm -hmm. versus make a game that makes money it's like it's not even comparable no uh, and you'd be you'd be insane to make a traditional you know triple a six dollar game when those resources can be better allocated towards mobile gaming. Could I do think like Asia five. is ahead of us on that right now. I mean, America, again, is pretty behind in mobile gaming. If you look at the most popular mobile games in America, you still it's dominated by crappy games like or casual games like Garden Escapes, Match 3 games, some really weird strategy games. Whereas in Asia and China, Korea, and Japan, you have you know, gotcha games, RPGs, more more serious games. I think the American market would look a lot similar to what, uh, what Asia is in like three, four, five years. But on the flip side, I do think you have to admit Genshin Impact is like a high production value quality game. And it's clear it's made by people that do love gaming. You know, it's one of the few mobile games I would say is like, okay, it's, it's, there's something here. It's not just automated. It's got really good production value. And it's, it, it is being rewarded for its, for its effort. It's still think, an unbelievably successful game. I mean, they made so much money off it. Do you think the future is kind of marrying the two between like the low, between not the low effortness, but the uh, concepts of, free to play and gacha combined with a high effort, like sort of yeah. mobile I mean, game. That would be the only way to distinguish yourself in the future anyway. I mean, it, it is getting more and more credit every year. You know, there are so many gacha games coming out every year and most of them nobody ever hears about and they just die down. And then Genshin comes out of nowhere and makes $3.7 billion in its first year. Again, so Genshin made more money in one year than the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise since 1998, you know? And in well, one I, year, first year. <laughs> I think the difference is like, like, uh, if you take a game like Fate Grand Order, for example, mm -hmm. the gameplay is very, very minimal in it. It's very yeah. like you know, it's it's not, mm -hmm. it it's not super compelling. And I feel like a lot of the sell is like the knowledge of these characters. But with Genshin Impact, I feel like it they're kind of delivering like like a step between the mm -hmm. mobile game experience and the the actual uh, gaming experience of like the kind of crafted crafted like triple a game sort of experience they're, they're they're kind of marrying the two and i think that's kind of where their their success is coming from right because people yeah, feel sure. a lot better about like you know i feel a lot better like for example like oh i feel a lot better giving them money because this is a good game you know versus uh whatever the hell they have nowadays akashi bt says in chat i'll pay a thousand dollars for mona's ass beautiful i, I like it <laughs> agreed i can i get behind that sentiment all day who's the hottest right? girl in genshin <laughs> I don't play Genshin, but uh, Mona is definitely up there. I played the I played for a few hours actually, and I, I still kind of keep up with all the fan art. I mean, I follow a lot of accounts on Twitter for art, and I get a lot of quality quality Genshin art going past my radar. Eula is very good as well. Mona's up there, and uh, yeah, I mean the game's got a lot of good waifus. What are you playing nowadays? Uh, I'm playing a little bit of Path of Exile. I'm playing everyone's uh, playing that. A little bit of Apex Legends. Mostly very casual. I'm so boomer. I'm so bad at Apex. I play a little bit of Valorant. I'm awful at Valorant as well. Holy moly, boomers can't shoot, all right? I cannot aim. 
my my game my game my FPS skills have long been deteriorated. You'll still probably beat me though. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? You're a gamer, Vivo. I trust. <laughs> listen, to th- listen. To this day, I, I still hold out to my league skills. I think earlier this year, I told myself, okay, it's been a while since I played league. Like seriously, it's been like like five or four four years since I played ranked, grinded ranked. Like, still am I still sense? good? Am, am I still a sh- am, I, am I a shitter now? Like, am I, am I? Is it over? Am, am, am I? Am I? You know, am I a casual now? So I played for like um for like a week, and I got the diamond uh, four or three and. Two accounts. I'm like, all right, I'm still good with a 65 percent win ratio. I got diamond, like low diamond, and I could have gotten quite a bit higher if I kept playing. You still playing Sims only? Oh yeah, of course, playing Sims. Of course, I would Is never cheat my only character yeah. you've ever picked. Oh, wait, though, no, of course you 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 had to pick like a different character. I, if people, I mean, to this day, my game knowledge in League of Legends is actually atrocious. Is actually atrocious. My, I, I guarantee anyone in the chat who plays League plays knows more about League than I do. I, I don't know anyone else's cooldowns. I don't know anyone else's passive abilities. I know very little about League. I play the game entirely like on instinct, kind of like I just kind of know a feeling of when things are going to happen. Full on gamer, gamer instinct. Yeah, full, full gamer instinct. I, I don't know what other characters' abilities are. I, I couldn't name Lissandra's three abilities. I have no idea. I know her I ultimate shoots ball. Either. I, I, I don't know cooldowns. I don't know abilities. I don't know passes. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't. I don't know what the new. I don't know the new dragon does. <laughs> I, 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 but I, I still do really well because I play mechanically. I play one character and I played a lot. And my mechanical skills are still really good. So I can carry the game through mechanics, mm-hmm. even if I have no idea. Like, there's one character in the game, Orn. Like, I learned, like, two days ago, very recently, that when Orn is just standing still, whacking his hammer, he's, like, crafting an item. So he apparently he can shop while he's in lane. And I didn't know that. Every time I saw him whacking his hammer, I thought he was, like, He's taunting you me. or something. I, I legit thought he was emote. <laughs> I had no idea what this. And I, I, again, I've been playing League forever, and I've, I've landed against this hero forever. And I didn't realize until recently. Holy crap! And somebody, t- Bun, told me actually. I didn't know until I didn't know until Bun played that character and told me. Oh my god! I have zero game knowledge, but that, but that's the beauty about you know you don't have to know shit to do good, to do well. You know, people get get stuck up on learning strategies, learning builds. None of that shit matters. Play a hero. Know it well, and you'll climb to diamond masters and beyond. Remo, be, just be good. Just dropping the 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 just click head, just click head five head. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, yes. Just click, just <laughs> click heads, do that. All right, I gotta ask you: Did you watch Arcane? I did not. No. Okay. Okay, you should watch it. Dude, uh, everyone's telling me this. Every it's literally, really everybody. good. It's really good. It's, it's like unironically I'm just really so busy, good. Man, like. Like All right. If, if you find time, you know, if you're bored one day, if, if if you're in Vegas and you're bored one day, we should just watch it together. We can kill it in one sitting. All right. I'm it's down. Good. I'm down. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. That goes to the chat as well. Go watch Arcane if you haven't seen it. You don't have to like. You don't. You don't have to like know League of Legends to appreciate. It. I think even if you have no understanding of League, I think you'll like it. It's a very well done show. All right. One more thing I wanted to talk about was um. Mm-hmm. So you're starting. Well, I don't know if you're you're starting. Like, what's it? You're involved with another business right now. Yep. And you guys are solving a problem, an age-old problem. An age-old. Like it's, it's actually an age-old problem, though. Like, like you know, mm-hmm. both, you know, pun pun intended. Thank you. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it it's 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 a problem that a lot of people haven't been able to solve. And you see a lot of like uh, there's uh, you know, in sci-fi shows are like mm-hmm. oh, it like automatically ties your laces and stuff like that. You found a better. <laughs> you guys found a better way around it. Do you want to uh, talk about that at all? Yeah, it's my it's my uh, buddy's company called Zeba Shoes. It lets you put on shoes without bending down. It kind of you know the meme with the sci-fi the self-tying shoes. 
it kind of does that in a much simpler way. So instead of the, the laces tying themselves, the back of the shoe just collapses down and you can put them on super easily. And it's again, it's my, it's my buddy's company. I own a very small percent, about 15% for myself, but I, I am involved with it. I handle the online marketing and that's been a fun journey for myself, a learning experience because I learned a lot about online marketing and it's uh, it's an interesting world. You know, it, the best way to learn something is, is to do. And while you're doing, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, but it's the only way to learn something it feels like you just you, gotta you know that's it. that's like the mentality of successful people is like like you're not afraid to fuck up yeah you know what i mean you, you, you have you have to fuck up if you don't fuck if you don't if you don't f up you you won't learn you have to be willing to f up and you know totally blow it mm-hmm. but it's everyone i know like i i've i've talked to a lot of people who have the shoes because i've recommended mm-hmm. them to a lot of people and and God. everyone loves it I've never heard a if single you, bad thing about it. If you read our reviews on Google, you just search the name. You'll find, there's 2,100 reviews on Google alone. And again, for, for many people, it's life-changing. Obviously, for, for people like us, you know, we're younger. It's, just a very, it's a nice convenience thing. I know Cashel has it too. It's super convenient. They're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But for older people, it's, it's like a, a lot of old people kind of lose their independence when they get older. They have to rely. Like a lot of people would tell us, like, I, I would ask my wife to, to tie my shoes for me every day. It was kind of embarrassing to ask for help. And for these people, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful for them. It, it really does change their lives. And, you know, maybe it's good for people with like, you know, disabilities, people that can't bend over as easily, Parkinson's, MS, uh, autism. And for those people, it's, it's a life-changing experience for them. You know, something so simple like tying your shoes is like not easy for older people or disabled people. And for, I, mean, I love it because it's convenient. You know, a lot of people like it, it's convenient, but for other people, it's, it's like a must-have. You guys, uh, um, what I was going to say is, um, you guys got a lot of uh, like fan mails, right? Like a lot of people. Yeah. 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 We get like people tell us like it, it's actually a really rewarding experience. I mean, I, I've had people tell me like Emoha and stuff has changed their lives. Like like they used to watch my videos all the time and, and you know, they really liked me. And I, I, I was like inspiration to them, which is which is nice. It's a nice feeling to have. Right. Are but, you like, the real I, remote? I, <laughs> I mean, look, I made entertaining videos. I made content. It was fun. Right. But it's kind of weird to see. Your, hey. You know, if any way I inspired somebody, you know, that's great. You know, it makes me feel good, obviously. And, mm. you know, it's all good stuff. But, like, this is, like, I feel it's actually doing good for, doing more real good for the world, you know? Yeah. And people, we get videos from people, comments from people, letters from people saying, like, you know, you've made my life so much better. Here's, like, a picture of my son. You know, he could never put on his shoes because, you know, he's autism. And, you know, he loves these shoes. And he can finally do it by himself. And he feels good, too. So, like, stuff like that is very rewarding. But, you know, I, it was very, that does, you know, I, I got a few of those messages, like, on MMOs and more, you know, and more of a totally different experience, and it does feel good to kind of work on something that has such a positive impact in the world. So you're saying it's a little bit different to uh, yeah. be helping somebody out with their their degeneracy of uh, playing MMOs listen, versus. Unironically, <laughs> I think you know you, for example, I think you know you're much more inspirational to a lot of people, and you provide an outlet for people to kind of hang out than what I did with uh, you know first look videos because you know this my my content for mo and stuff was very you know kind of like web 1.0 what you're doing is much more interactive mm. you know people come here and hang out with you and i think vtubers have been really really good for that i mean just a place to chillax you know a place to hang out dude MMO, that, MMO, you know, mmos had had the had vtubers the mmo uh, original right right oh, oh honest before wait when did vtubers take off in japan though I don't know like what the timeline is for that, but you were you were the old you were unironically the first VTuber I ever, I ever heard of because <laughs> you put on a, one of those the face rig things and you were on the most podcast years ago. Many that, years man, ago. that was uh, 2016. Yeah, like, when did VTubers become a thing? Like, were, were you really were you like the first one? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it depends. We like, like, are, are we counting? Are we counting like PNG art? 
because there's a lot of YouTubers that only have PNG. If we're, if we're counting only like motion tracking, motion tracking, motion tracking came out. Uh, I mean, let's see. Who's an well, Who's an AI? I mean, Akashi it's mentioned the first when did Who's an AI come out? Probably. When did, they, when did they come out? Let's see. It was definitely was it? No, no, November 29th, twenty sixteen. Right around that same time, then you you were like you were in the first batch, then if not the you know. You want to know how fucking crazy it was, though, Remo? Because, like, right now, uh, I mean, there there is kind of, like, a VTuber bubble, and it's really hard to, like, get any any resources done. Yeah, for sure. I, I, get, get anything done. So if you want to get, like, rigging and get a model, it's really, really hard right now because there's a lot of people that want to be VTubers, and there's just not mm -hmm. enough people doing it. But it was worse before. Because before, who do you, who the hell do you even go to? There's literally yeah, there's, nobody. There's literally nobody. I, yeah. I, I had to... So, 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 so the way I did it before... Is I had to I, I messaged uh I messaged my artist friend, uh mm -hmm. Chris, and I said, I really want to have a live 2D tracked model, but uh there's no one you could go to. So I was like, hey, I will buy you. And I remember I bought a license for like a thousand dollars or something for like for the software. For the software. <laughs> it, it was I don't know if it was a thousand, it was a lot though. It was yeah. at least three hundred. So I bought the license and I was like, here's, here's the program. I bought you the license and then I will pay Figure you like this amount of money to learn. Like, I had to pay him to learn. That's pretty cool. That's what that was. The, the, the one that we had for MMOs was, was, was mm -hmm. that model that he wow. didn't know how to make it. He never made a model before. There was no guides. There was no wow. nothing. It was like, here's this program in Japanese. Freaking figure it out. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's, that's nuts. Like sometimes you, if you want to make something, you know, if you want to get something done, you got to do it yourself, you know? In a way, that's, you, you can kind of push that person. To, yeah. That's literally what it was. And that's why it's so now scuffed. You're too, that's it. How scuffed was it? It was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. At least it worked. Right? You, you had something, all right? <laughs> it's true. It worked. It worked. But it was, it was mm -hmm. oh, man. Like, the, the tracking on it. it was. But but the, the, the sad thing is, is around that same time is when I, I, I decided, uh, around that same time is uh, when I just stopped streaming. So I kind of had it for a while, right? And then like the whole mm -hmm. the whole VTuber thing kind of came up underneath me, and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know about it. In fact, when I started VTubing, I didn't even know there was. I, I thought I was gonna do something like kind of not. It was it was dumb of me. Like I I kind of thought like oh I'm gonna do something like I, I'm pretty sure there's like not a lot of people doing it in English, and I was like oh you know mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll do that. And so like you know you know this time I found like a couple people I got in contact with to make you know all the stuff, and then I I remember it distinctly. Uh, a VTuber named Uni Luna messaged me on Twitter, uh, added me on Twitter over something. And this is before I was, I was even like, I, I had even debuted or anything, right? And I was like, what the fuck? And then so like, I looked at it and I was like, holy fuck, there's a fuck ton of VTubers. I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> right? And like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was like this big thing. And then like, right after that happened, like, I want to say like, maybe like, uh, Three or four months, like not even three or four months, like maybe like two months after that happened, is mm -hmm. when the big explosion happened. When like there were VTubers everywhere. Was was the big explosion after Hall Live in the U.S.? That was after, yeah, it was after right, Hall yeah. Live in the U.S. But it, no, oh, 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 no, that it, it was before. You mean you mean the English Hall Live? Yeah, English Hall Live. No, yeah. no, no, no. The, this was before. There that. was already a big scene. There was already a huge scene of VTubers yeah. before. The, yes. All right. Yes, and it was like it was really crazy. Like it was. It, I I had not. 
anticipated it because I'm kind of, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I kind of live under a rock when it comes to like, yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. like pop culture and stuff like that. So it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was nuts. And I remember like just using this, that old kind of like scuffed model. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I had no idea the whole time. But yeah, if you actually look at uh, the, the, the MMOs podcast, we were using like the placeholder model, like uh, mm-hmm. episode 40 ish. And then episode 100 is when we had like the other model. And that was like 2017. You were, you were in early on VTubing, all right? Yeah. I, did you ever think it'd be this big here in the, you know, in the West? I did. I did. I, I don't know. I did, I did not. I did not think about that. See, because for me, it's, it's different. It, it's, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, you know how I am. I kind of I yeah. did it for not really for the active You did VTuber. embrace the role more, more rather than just, you know, it being a, like a thing. You know, you were clearly very into it. Yeah, it was like on. me and me, me and yeah. Lily. You remember Lily? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So it's like uh, we 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 did that. Man, when was that? 20, that was a long time ago. 2011, 2012? Feels old, man. Dude, fuck. Remember when we were like putting up those pictures and we were just like manually moving them? <laughs> <laughs> like, the fucking, I remember. There was no software, man. It was fucked. Mm-hmm. We had to just like move it around and shit and change the mouth and change the expression. God the kids damn. have it easy these days. All right. I know. Back got... in my day, we had back to like put the PNGs on the screen <laughs> and we had to change the emotions mm-hmm. around. Like, <laughs> holy fuck. Now they go on Fiverr or some artists and then boom, they just wait, they had to wait a little bit longer to get their, their, their V2 models made. The, bu- the bubble is fucked right now. It's like impossible to get any, any art or anything. I'm lucky. I have it's Chris. good for the artist. It is. It is. Yeah, dude. Some, always make some money off Some it. of it is is really expensive. The designer. I stuff, imagine the designer stuff. They call it the designer stuff. It's really expensive. The, the Louis Vuitton of VTubing content, right? Louis Vuitton of VTubing content. It's fiber expensive, content. man. It's expensive. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're. I mean, anything with the really good detail, and, and you you can tell the production value like varies quite a bit. Mm. I mean, I've seen. I don't really watch many many VTubers, but I do see like it, it does cross my feed. And it is night and day between like you know the, the the designer content and like the Forever Twenty One VTubers, you know, like the the Ross, <laughs> the the Marshalls, right? VTuber Ross VTube for less. <laughs> there, there you go. It's, it's Ross VTube for less. You know, what I found though, I found that the the kind of designer models are very good for initial traction. They're very, very good for like, uh, I'm coming mm-hmm. out, boom, like look at this sick model, and everyone's like, wow, that's mm-hmm. a big hype, right? And you get a lot of people following that, but then. The thing is, is if you have no experience in making content, then people mm. will, people will, will, your, your skill, your skill as a VTuber, I think, uh, matters for retaining people, but not for getting people in front of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately, you know, as new people, I mean, new people will always pass by, you know, it's how, what percent of those new people you can retain becomes your audience. And that's, 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 that's where the skill is at for sure. And mm-hmm. it seems like you're doing a pretty good job with it. You know, every time I, poke in here your stream has been slowly growing which i have is awesome. working hard man <laughs> your the, your transitions are like the cutest things i've ever seen like top tier it's because okay the it's transitions I like, are I like unbelievable old, i like old anime so i wanted to like kind of emulate that feel you, you know what i'm talking about when you watch anime and like it goes on commercial break and it has like that little <laughs> thing that's what i wanted to emulate that just because that's why that's what i like i did it for me you know <laughs> <laughs> It's top tier. It's by far like some of the best production value I've seen on like any Thank YouTube you. content. Yeah, it, every time I've seen it multiple times now, and every time I see, it, I'm still like, wow, this is this is really good. 
So where can people find your uh people can find your shoes at Zeba Zeba Shoes? Zebashoes.com. That's the Z E B A shoes.com. I remember I, was, I drove by your store and I was like, well, there's a store for that. I was like, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, we 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 got a store in Las Vegas. Listen, I got the, the voice acting on that on our ad video. All right. Oh yeah, you yeah, you did. Twenty million the... plus views with all the advertising money. You got the video? You got the video? It's on the homepage. No, don't put it on. Don't, don't put it on. Don't put it on. No, no. I don't know. Is is it embarrassing? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's uh I, I love working on I, I love working on Zebra Shoes. It's not a project I talk much about only because it's so different than like stuff like that interests me more so. Like I'm interested in gaming more, uh finance more, crypto mm-hmm. stuff more. I find that stuff much more fascinating. This is uh, again, it's a business my my buddy started and I, I, I enjoy working on it because I learned a lot about internet marketing. And you know, you really you really only learn how any of this stuff works after you spend like like 500 grand it's not until you spend like a couple hundred grand do you, do you realize like how internet marketing actually works and that's your cost of tuition is to spend like that kind of money on advertising before you know what the hell is going on man i think like uh i think the most interesting thing like like about you is just your willingness to just like uh so a lot of people i think will be interested in something but then everyone's afraid to get their feet wet you know what i mean yeah. you just you just kind of like head first and you, you're like a leroy jenkins <laughs> you have to embarrass yourself if you want to make, I mean, again, talking about like motivational content is a little bit cringe, but you do, you're absolutely right though. You do have to do it. And I, I've, I've tried to motivate friends and other people to like, go ahead and like try something, even if it's something so stupid, like, like people that like ASMR, for example, like, and if you're like a neat, right. And like, you just sit home all day, play video games or something. And like, you like ASMR, why not just try just putting something out there, some other ASMR content. I mean, 99% chance it's not going to go anywhere, but who cares? Just, just try it. Just do it. It takes like no effort, but like people are afraid that like, if they make this video, it's like it's gonna be embarrassing. Like embarrassing to who? Like no one's what? No one's probably gonna see it. And it, you can do it under a pseudonym. There's there's really no excuse not to like do something nowadays. I mean, there's so many things you can try, and it's gonna fail. But, you know, the only thing you waste is your time. And it does seem like so few people are willing to do that. And it it, it is definitely disheartening because I do want people around me to succeed, and I do try to push people around me. To, you like, push me a do, lot. Do you've, you've pushed me a lot. Like I every time we hung out. When like, you went around, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, before you were doing, you know, uh, you know, streams and stuff. I mean, you, I, I, you were obviously always a very capable person, and I could tell. But you just got, you know, you just got to get the, you, you got to end up doing it. And once you did it, you did put all of your effort into it. And it did, I'm, I'm really glad, you know, it's doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we used to talk about games all the time, like game concepts, like oh, like like mm-hmm. what, what would be like a good mobile game or something like that. We'd have dinner, Wait, and that just- was that was good. Yeah, I mean, next time you're in Vegas, another you know a reason to hang out and argue about nonsense. So it should be fun. <laughs> we can't really talk much about that but what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll debate stuff and we'll just take opposite like we'll, we'll even take like sides that we don't agree with we'll just we'll just yeah, do it just to, yeah, for sure just yeah. to debate just to argue you know just to mm-hmm. it's a good mental exercise you know like adversity you know what i mean fight some adversity oh, sure. it's, it's 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 great and you know mm-hmm. you can always tell like when uh uh you can always tell like some people like they just can't handle it they can't handle yeah, any and, uh, sort of disagreement <laughs> And you have, you have to be good at recognizing those people and not engaging with them. I mean, I, I've made a mistake before of trying to engage with people that, like, obviously you should recognize you cannot engage with them. It's a total I've, waste of time. I've made those mistakes. Yeah. But, but once you once you make that, that mistake a couple of times, you kind of get better at it. So now, like, I can tell if this is not the kind of person I should engage in anything. Challenge. I should not challenge anything they believe in. It's not worth it for either of our sanities. <laughs> <laughs> but it is good, you know. I like talking to you because you can discuss pretty much any issue, whether it's just cheating in video games or something you know more more silly or something more political or something you know, something else man that was a hot take on the mmos podcast cheating is good for video games 
to this day, I debate that with my brother, and he still he still believes it, unironically. Yeah, we, we so we used to do a, a podcast before this, and in it, uh, his brother said cheating. Like, uh, w- w- were we were we on on podcast during that when he just said, yeah 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 he said for cheating, sure. we were on podcast. cheating is, good for, is good for video games, and everyone was like, what? We're talking about banning cheating. Like, no, you can't ban them. <laughs> They're good for the gaming community. It's good. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, being scammed is good, good point, for you. So that's yeah. a decent point. It, yeah, it does teach you a valuable lesson. It does. Anyway, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for being on. It was, it was a pleasure to have you on talk about yeah. all of this stuff. It's really interesting it was, stuff. I think that a lot of people don't know about. It was fun. And when, when can I invest in slime cores? I think your chat so, was bringing it so, up, right? Sli- Launch slime core currency. Slime, slime core currency. <laughs> It could be the your new, own uh, digital currency. The yeah. new coin. I'll I would like, invest in you know, I mean, remember we talked about this. I said, I said, mm-hmm. was like, do you, do you think it's a good idea to make an NFT? And you were like, people will probably hate you for it. Yeah, it's, again, most of it is, I, I would say unreasonable hate. Again, it's like collecting cards, you know, like, but somebody's going to buy it. He's not going to make money or somebody's going to, you know, and then they're going to, for some reason, blame you for it. It's just, it, it's just too hated by the gaming community, especially. Like, outside the gaming community, I would say yes. I imagine a lot of your viewers, I mean, like you are interested in gaming and anime, and, and these people tend to uh, have distaste for for NFT stuff right now for whatever reason. Well, well, where does it where does it come from specifically with gaming? Just a lot of gaming companies hopping on that, or uh, actually, they they will be because Square Enix actually mentioned their last uh, investor Uh-oh. earnings report that they said they're going to be dedicating a, a team to working on NFT projects. So. Big companies are basically talking about it now. Well, something to look for, look 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 out for, look <laughs> forward to, whatever. <laughs> I guess oh, for you, the, look forward to because you want to you want to see what what happens listen, with it. The new Matrix movie, they're they're selling uh, NFTs. What? Hundred, I think hundred bucks for an NFT from the new Matrix movie. Wait, what, what, what is it? What is it for? Uh, so you had to get in. I think two days ago you had to get in line. There was they're selling hundred thousand NFTs, and each one I forgot what the exact price was, right? And they they they, they went for sale yesterday. My brother got in line, and he was like number one hundred sixteen thousand in line to buy it, and like instantly, you know, everyone was camping it, right? And you just get like some NFT from it's basically promotion promoting the next the new movie coming out in December, but they had like a a, a bug with their uh, with their system and it all crashed and they couldn't really sell any. Mm-hmm. But they gave everybody in line like uh, some other NFT for waiting in line and then a new chance to buy the next NFT. But you're seeing real companies using NFTs to like as marketing right now. If you remember the Macy's Day Parade, I actually advertised Macy's.com/nft. You can buy <laughs> NFTs for the Macy's Day Parade. Oh my god. The, 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 the $2 million, just, like the best, the highest, most expensive one right now. Just, it's some bullshit. They just pictures of Macy's floats or? Like floats from like a long time ago as well. Oh my so it's not God. just the current floats. It's, uh, they're donating all of it to charity. So like they're just testing the waters and like they, they, they really can't get any flack because uh, it's, Ch- charity it's all is the brick charity. Wall. That's the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the shield. If you say for charity, you're good. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being on, yeah. uh, Remo. I really appreciate it. Again, uh, Remo, Remo Tay, yep. uh, Thanks for having you me. You have Twitter? You have, you have Twitter? You want to plug? Uh, Remo Tay X on Twitter. Uh, Remo Tay X. Finance. I had to get the X. Somebody took my name. Oh, feels bad, dude. I know. I would, I would pay money for that name. i pay up to 500 bucks for that name. Give it to me. Tell him. Tell him. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, should, I, should, Wait, I, I, already, ever, I already messaged him once. You, you did? Have you, yeah, ever, have, you ever, have you ever bought a domain before? You did, right? Yeah, I bought Imohut.com. It was nice. taken. <laughs> I paid 200 bucks for it. The guy <laughs> listed for go. sale for $10. <laughs> yeah, 
he had it listed for sale on a different website for ten dollars. I didn't see it. I just offered him two hundred and he took it. I'm like, fuck, I should have paid him oh, ten. Feels bad, dude. Is that he was asking ten, I gave him two hundred like an idiot. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you so much, Prima. I really appreciate it. I'll hit you up no after fun, stream. All right. We should game again. We should game again. Play something. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so All much. Right. Take care. Late Night Leaflet is hosted by Leaflet, produced by Asari Mitsuha, and directed by El Viejo Byte. You can catch our streams at twitch.tv slash leaflet, and you can join our community at discord.gg slash leaflet. Late Night Leaflet is an Angel Sword Studios production, copyright Angel Sword Studios 2021. Hope to see you soon.